PA Turnpot is brought to you free by Anchor. On today's episode, we'll break down some of the things that Daryl Morey had to say on 97.5 The Fanatic this afternoon. We'll run down our divisional round picks, some TTP. We'll take a look at Jonathan Gannon's future with the Eagles or potentially another NFL team. We'll do a quick little short-term outlook for the six teams that were defeated this past weekend. And Joel and I have compiled our top 10 friends character lists. Yes, a return of the top 10 on today's episode. But first, we're going to pause and you get to hear Joel and I talk about Anchor. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 35 of your mom's favorite podcast, the PA Turnpot. Hey. Boston Scott episode, Martin Jones episode, and Cole Hamill's episode. All good. I'm, yeah, I'm Rob, joined as always by Joel. Joel, how are you? Feeling good. Back to back, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, rookie Embiid could never. Mm. Going back to back days. Mm. We have a lot to get into, man. Daryl Morey yeah. on the yeah. 75 Fanatic. Bro. Dive right in. Let's dive right in. So you have compiled some quotes here. Shout out to um, Twitter. Shout out to Twitter. Oh, wait. I, doing all right. How was your day? Go, go, go. All right, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's get it. Work is great. It's cold. Yeah, we're wearing hoodies. Um, uh, so it's, it's mid-January in, in Pennsylvania, the East Coast. It's it's brick out sometimes. Feels like Alaska in my office right now. <laughs> I was actually, before we jump in, I told Joel before we started a recording, this office is either an igloo or a sauna. And last night it was, mm, it was like being inside of a microwave. Ooh. Minus all the, the cancer and stuff. And yeah, tonight right. it feels like I'm I'm just becoming like I'm getting like <laughs> hypothermia. It's like when we were talking about it yesterday, we're uh animorphs. <laughs> <laughs> You're becoming an ice <laughs> an icicle. icicle. <laughs> <laughs> a replica of yourself out there. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well you put these quotes together. Well, you didn't put them together. You compiled these. Um, yes. A lot of interesting stuff. So Daryl Morey was on today with Mike Missinelli on the uh, 97.5 Fanatic, um, like, midday show. You he heard was on, it, right? I actually, I was listening. I didn't hear every second of it. I was listening to it. Like, I have the radio on when I'm at work. I don't, like, actively listen a ton. Some of these do stand out because I heard them, and I made mental notes because I was actually going to talk about them tonight. Mm-hmm. But um, he was on a couple months ago with Missinelli, and during that interview, he kind of said, based on what I'm seeing here, he kind of said some of the same things. Uh, you know, we're not just going to make a move just to make a move, just to appease a couple people, blah, blah, blah. blah. Got to find the right fit for us. So a lot of coach speak or I guess executive speak, but he's a little bit more candid or at least perceived to be candid than uh, than most executives would be. Yeah. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say about some of these. So you want to just go right ahead? No. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Bless you. Yeah, thanks. Um, great timing. <laughs> the cough work. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we are in rare form. It is. Rare. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um. We had, I, had, I had a couple knock-knock jokes just in case you were like dying over there. I was just going to riff and just unload some jokes. So while Joel collects his thoughts, what's the difference between a regular frog and a horny frog? I have no idea. The regular frog says ribbit, ribbit, and the horny frog says rub it, rub it. 
My man. <laughs> All right, go right ahead. So Daryl Morey on with Miss Nelly. Um, a lot of executive speak. Yeah. Um, I want to hear your takeaways first before I kind of unleash my takes, if I even have any. <laughs> I mean, some of this, like, I'll read some of the quotes that I compiled from the Twitter. Like, I didn't get all the tweets, but, like, some of it, it said. It was like, a lot of nothing, in fairness. It was a lot of just, like, you know, I can't necessarily speak on that. I can't talk about specific. And he's got a lot that he can't say. He's probably going to get fired or fined for tampering in some some respect. But he, he's got to be careful. He did a good job of walking the tightrope. I mean, I did like the – I mean, tampering, you want to go straight into it. He named a specific team in there. Oh, right? he did. Yes, you're right. And it says right here, it's like – he says, there are deals with the Kings that could work, but doesn't think that the deal will be offered. Now, that posed a question to my head because we talked about it literally yesterday. Yeah, we talked certain about it yesterday. players. What is he specifically looking for that – we, you and I, and probably the world knows, the Kings are not going to give up this these amount of assets for BS and maybe Tobias. And if, if Tobias is part of the trade, it's going to even lessen it. Because you and I, let's be real. Like I don't think we don't think the Kings didn't make any offer. The Kings probably made offers. Oh, they definitely made an offer. So what offer is he looking for that the Kings haven't done yet or refused to make that would send this whole thing in motion? That's one thing. Yeah. Um, another one which was uh, eyeing is that all of a sudden Tobias Harris is now a sixer still. He looked like he was off the trade blocks because now it says, in quote, this is literally our way to pair Embiid and Tobias with another impact player to try to win a title. If we make a deal just to feel better, that will actually hurt Embiid and the team's chances of winning. What are your thoughts? So I think he's right. Um, well, I don't know. So here's a, here's the thing. So he mentioned, and they have to have these like analytical models that they're using. Yeah. He said, you know, say we have a 3% win the chance percent. I can't think it's so cold in here. Say we have a 3% chance to win a championship right now with the way Joel is playing. Yeah. He says, if that moves up to a four, that does nothing for me. He said he wants to widen that to like a five or a 10. Um, what he's saying basically in, so any trade they make is probably going to help them unless they're, removing a player from the active roster. Yeah. Simmons is not really on the active roster, so anything you get for him will be a positive in some respect. But it'll be a marginal difference at best. And all, all they would be doing is trading him for the sake of trading him, yeah. which is not something he's prepared to do. It is howling is. outside. <laughs> um, um, so it, let's say... Here's a good example. So let's say they do the Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes thing. Let's just say it's those two, maybe some picks for Ben and maybe like a, and something else. Sure, that might make you a little bit better, but is that really going to win you a championship? Do you think Maury is sold on Maxi? Do you think he would rather get Fox? That's a good and, question. I, I think he is more sold on Maxi than he is Thibel. But I, I think Maxi's true potential is not as the starting point guard on a team. Like, I think he's, his potential is probably more of Shane good, like, uh, that's, a, that's not a horrible yeah i think right now anyway he's better off coming off the bench however i do think i'm trying to think like who are the, some of those teams that just have like a bunch of guards like the, the like denver has like a million guards it feels like or i think atlanta does yeah, atlanta's got some guards too like i think maxi would benefit from being the second or third best guard on a team which i mean um, whatever you consider him relative to curry i think he's like third on the pecking order yeah well the second on the pecking order now that ben's not playing but Last year, he was like the third guard. 
I think that's best for his development. Although he is playing a little bit more now. Yeah. Um, I think oh. he's sold on Maxi, but I do. Re- I think he realizes Maxi has value. Oh, yeah. And I think protecting him and maybe not and also, trading him is going to help. And also, I think you would also look at team chemistry and fan base. People yeah. love Maxi. And B loves Maxi more importantly. Yeah. And you don't want to upset that, that dynamic, you know? Especially after. So, I, like I said last episode, we will do a little bit of a deeper dive into kind of what went wrong throughout the process. I really don't want to, you know, relitigate the whole process because it, it, I lived through it and so did you. And it was excruciating at times. And, Looking back, you know, Embiid, let, let's just take a quick look at his morale throughout the years. And this is all just going to tie into how much he likes Maxi currently, or at least how much he says he likes Maxi. The franchise and the process are like friggin' like peanut butter and jelly right now. Um, so he gets hurt, breaks the foot, stress fracture, the mm-hmm. back injury. He doesn't play for a couple of years. He doesn't like all the players on the team. Um, they bring in Luke Bamute to kind of be his mentor. After one year, he's gone. Embiid's got no true friends. They get rid of Noel. They draft Okafor. Okafor starts play, uh, plays well, and then the second year he's playing with MB, which does not favor him. They go out and they get him Redick. They go out and get him Butler. They get rid of Justin Anderson, one of his best friends on the team. Redick's gone. Butler's gone. His two best friends on the team. All of a sudden, MB's not happy. They bring in Al Horford, Jeez. who MB can't stand. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's getting. And then they Horford's at least gone. Bring in Drummond, another guy who can't stand. Well. The, they seem to get along now, but another guy who kind of feuded with in the past. Yeah. But they keep bringing guys in that don't compliment him. Like Tobias doesn't compliment him. I understand the move from the perspective of they had to get a you know a fourth guy at the time, but they didn't keep Jimmy, which kind of pissed him off. The last couple of years, you're like, is he happy? Is he going to request a trade? There's all these heat rumors. Now they have Maxi in place. Maxi compliments him relatively well. He's not a great shooter, but he's a good enough shooter. Curry yeah. compliments him. They Tell you what, the, the Horford Richardson year definitely made me feel like Embiid was going to request a trade out of here. <laughs> One thousand percent. Because as much as he pretended to like this team, look at the pieces that were around him, and then fast forward one year. Yeah, Danny Green, whether we like him or not, compliments him, or at least when he's at his best. Curry for sure. He's like a little bit of like what Reddick did for him. We opened the floor up a little bit. Maxie's definitely helpful. Milton. So I think Embiid right now seems to be pretty happy, and he's also becoming more of like a a grown, you know, veteran where he's like, yeah, look, this is just my this is my team. I agree. So I, I think he Maxie makes it, it makes a huge difference to his ability to, you know, continue getting better, but also, you know, for how much he likes this team. And uh, did you see the quote that Maxie had yesterday? No, I didn't. So Maxi, when they asked him, I guess about Embiid, because Embiid had his like historic game, only the second time in Sixers history that a player had fifty or more points on thirty or fewer minutes. The first one was Will Chamberlain, who's done like everything in, in the history of the world. Right. <laughs> Maxi went up to him and said, "Who are you going to be tonight? You're going to be Dirk. You're going to be Shaq." And Embiid said, "I'm going to be Joel." Yeah, what and I thought that was cool. I love that dude. I love Max. That's my guy. Maxi's cool too. I I. I I don't know. I, I'm very much attached to some of those younger guys like Thibel and Maxi, but I think more so to Maxi's play, more so to Thibel's personality. But Maxi's awesome. He was on the uh, the morning show today, actually. That's pretty on cool. 97.5. <laughs> He's a cow. He grew up a Cowboys fan, so they kind of ripped him for that. But but he, I think that's where the uh, the quote was from, where he said, "Hey, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be Shaq, and you're gonna be Dirk." And Joel said, "I'm just gonna be Joel because uh, <laughs> I'm great." 
I'm great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's no question that how much we love Maxim and uh, he compliments Joel so so well. He really does. I was just thinking more of like GM wise of trying to make a move and do you think he's really sold? He's, like, if he's making these deals to get BS out of here, he wants capable players and Fox is more seasoned. But I think Maxi ceiling is a little higher and the potential of like complimenting Joel who likes him they already have a chemistry you don't need to like reinvent the wheel here you have yeah. something there just put pieces around him a bench would help as well oh my god yeah and you know let's go forward so, so let me ask you this uh, as it relates to Fox and Maxi now this could just be a moot point because I don't know do you remember if the, what it was was it the Sixers that were uninterested in trading for Fox or was it the Kings who were unwilling to trade Fox because I remember a report coming out and the two sides were different. Like one would trade him, the other one didn't want him, or one would not get rid of him, the other side wanted him. I think it was Kings unwilling to give up Fox. They were willing to give up Beal. I don't want Beal, him anyway. But not Fox. I don't want him anyway. So here's a question for you. And I think Maxi right now has more value than Fox from the standpoint of Fox is approaching, if not if he hasn't already, he's he's got to be approaching a payday. Maxi's on year two of, I think, a four-year rookie contract and then he would be a restricted free agent fox is just going to eat up more of your cap and fox i feel like has not gotten better he was very good as a rookie and very good thereafter but i feel like he's kind of plateaued to an extent and i worry about his his growth kind of going on like almost like a roller coaster where it's kind of going in the upswing and then it kind of just flattens maxi has you know steadily gone up but he's only been in the league for two years i think maxi's ability right now is less than what fox's was at this point in Fox's career, but where Fox is right now in his career, when Maxi gets to that point, Maxi will be better than what Fox is right now. Yeah, true. I mean, and I think Maury has to weigh that as well. Why would I trade a guy who's got a better trajectory potentially than the guy I'm getting, who's also going to get paid a little bit closer in the future, or I'm going to have to make a decision on him and maybe trade him away anyway. Fox has the name recognition but I mean, they're very similar players. They're small guards that went to Kentucky that are fast and can handle the ball and also play a little off ball. Maxi, I feel like has a little bit more beef to him and has a little bit more defensive juice, mm. but Fox is definitely one of the fastest players I've ever seen. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I think a pick and roll thing. with Embiid would work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a pick and roll would work with him, but I worry that he got worse ever since he cut his hair, which is Dude. a real thing. Oh yeah. What's he, Alfred Payton up to nowadays? He was, yeah, right. Big mistake there, too. I mean, and it can go the opposite. Like, James Harden without a beer was suspect, and then with a beer, mm-hmm. he's like, lights out. Became but, uh, an MVP. To touch on uh, Fox's contract, he's actually in the first year of a five-year deal now. Oh, Christ, what's he making, 20-plus? He, he just finished his rookie year. Uh, he is making 28. Wait, let me see. I'm good. <laughs> I'd rather have Buddy Hill con- for 20 for two more years. Here's the contract right here. Contract is five years, $163 million. I'm good. That's all I need to hear. But you can keep going. <laughs> Average salary is 32, 32.6. Also, I'm good. Uh, he's a free agent in uh, four years from now, so unrestricted. I don't like that. The Kings might like that. His cap hit this year alone is uh, 28 mil. Uh, so only 10 less than Tobias. The last thing I need is another Albatross contract when you're uh, – this is another thing. Maury wants to shoot for the moon and win a championship. Fox isn't winning his shit. So that's probably, I think it's both. I think Fox probably isn't even in the talks. Because why would you sign him and then, all right, we'll trade him. 
Maybe they like not- Halliburton, or maybe they realize they made a mistake. True, but then would you want to pick up that contract? Is Fox the impact player that you're looking for? I don't think so. I think Fox would be great on a team like if Cleveland the didn't Knicks. have the guards that he has. Yeah, Fox would be great on the Knicks. A team that is like kind of thinks that they're good enough to contend, but really isn't. So a team like the oh, Knicks okay. would be a perfect spot. <laughs> um, Took the words right out of my mouth. Or like the Clippers, like a team that The would, Cavs? Yeah, so the Cavs are the first team that popped into my mind, but they already have Sexton and Garland. But Garland, by the gone. way, I would take him in a heartbeat. I wouldn't trade him. I wouldn't take him for Maxi necessarily. I would, I would but if he's him. the centerpiece, yeah. then yeah. Facts. Yeah, if he's the centerpiece of my my trade to get rid of Simmons, then I, I would certainly listen. I mean, I'm listening to any trade offer I get. I would However, take... he's definitely a guy I would consider. I don't really want like Isaac Okoro or Kevin Love or anything. They take... still have like Chetty Osmond or whatever. But... I would take Love, Allen, Garland, a pick here and there, and maybe Markin. But then turn that around and gift yeah. off Love and Allen because I don't need them. Do you think Cleveland signs off on that though? I mean, they're trading you their starting five. <laughs> they're trading you your they're starting You're one slash an two player in, in in Ben Simmons and he's like seven foot point guard. You know, he can do it all. He has all the intangibles. I don't know. I think that he he's more he's likely the second to coming of LeBron James. Cleveland yeah, I was thinking about that too. He um, I think he's more likely to work better with Garland than with Sexton. But I would rather have Garland in the trade than so I think Garland has like, like kind of squint a little bit and he's Lillard kind of potential. Whereas mm-hmm. Sexton, I think, is a little bit more like your like the Aaron Fox trajectory. I mean, Sexton's probably going to be better if not already, but yeah, I mean, like, maybe like Eric Bledsoe caliber of player. Like when mm-hmm. Bledsoe was at his peak, he had like Brandon Knight, like a good player, but like you want, you want someone at their peak or like a veteran at tail end. Well, I'm, re- I'm, well, I'm more ready to win now than I will be in a couple years. So Garland, I think, is a better player. Fact. I don't know how much he moved the needle for you this year, though. I mean, this goes precisely into the next uh, series of quotes I have here. Um, he also mentioned, this is a, what you call it, not a direct quote, but it's me paraphrasing. But Paraphrasing. Joel Embiid's uh, play this year allows the Sixers to potentially expand the pool of players that they are looking for to trade for BS. From 30 to 40 players. That is big news right there because they were looking for top echelon players. Now they're willing to lower the price and get more, you know, value in the long terms. But then that will go into what we said earlier. It'll hurt the team try to do it for now than in the future. So like, what so, do you think of that? I don't think it's Joel Embiid's play that has widened the uh, the talent pool that they're going to be picking from. Uh-huh. I think it's... Um, lack of traction with the trade talks is what's truly moving that and making it a wider really affecting them? I, I'm sure Bede's play has kind of infected, affected it a little bit because they feel like they can surround him with players that maybe aren't as great that maybe before the season they figured we need a Harden or we need a Beal or we need a Lillard but maybe now they realize they may not need that but it's still ideal I mean because here's another quote that he said on Fnatic it is precisely because quote it is precisely because Joel is playing so amazing that that deal must be the one. It has to address our defense, which isn't good enough, our rebounding, and our creation. That is pretty good that he knows the three things that are lacking on this team. And he knows that whatever deal that is going to get done has to be the one, quote-unquote, the one. Because you don't want to mess this up. You don't want to have another Charles Barkley situation on your hand. Or you also like only have one chance to make this trade. You don't get if you mess this up. You don't get you don't get another a chance. Mulligan. Yeah, it's not like back. like the Covington and Dario trade was like the only chance they had to make that trade. 
they didn't just all of a sudden a week later go, all right, well, actually, that's the way let's go get someone else. But this is your only chance to trade this guy. And it's like with the Harden thing with the Rockets, it was like that was their only chance to trade him. Mm-hmm. They can't screw it up. Oh, and oh, by the way, um, yeah. we talked about yesterday about a trade that was mutually beneficial for teams in the same conference or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the curse ball for Russell Westbrook trade wasn't too terrible. The Rockets still made the playoffs and tried, you know, their best to be better, and they weren't. Chris Paul took the thunder to the playoffs. So that was the only one I could think of last night. I mean, yeah, 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 that works. That works. Small tangent, but but still, it's small. It's a small sampling. It's yeah. never really happened. That's why it doesn't. Ha- I cannot see Ben Simmons going to Brooklyn. I can't see. I can't Arden see coming either. to the Sixers. Like I don't see that. Unless he forces his way here, which is hard to think of. And that's like, I don't see the Wizards giving up Beal to come to Sixers unless he's a free agent and he chooses to come here. Or he forces his way out. A lot of these guys I don't see moving. I don't see Lillard getting traded. I think he's pretty happy where he is. He's content, I would certainly imagine. He wants to be the guy that Westbrook wasn't, which is a guy that stays in one city and still doesn't win. Um, Well, then you just saw Giannis do it. Yeah, he's he's there forever. And that's in a small market in Milwaukee. If small it is market. Small, if it is big, a small market. Big contract, though. Yeah. Oh, yes. So I'm, I'm, nobody's throwing him any benefits for playing in a small market. Um, Here's another quote that I thought this was contradicting, and maybe it's not. You can help me here. But here's two quotes, back-to-back on the tweets here, too. That's why I thought it was contradicting. But one said from Daryl Morey, quote, We are looking to make a deal that will make us a championship contender, end quote. The next tweet right after that says, quote, I believe this team even without any changes, has a chance to win a title. So which is it? Is he content on just not making a move, thinking we can still win a title as is? Or as he's saying, we're looking to make a deal that will make us a championship contender. So are we not or we are? I don't understand. He's just, like as you said earlier, talking GM talk, yeah, not trying to get fined on top of that, and just you know trying to save face. That's but. all it is. It's just him talking in circles because he knows that he's got a you know, uh, he, certain audiences are going to be listening to what he has to say. But I think his, uh, I don't think they're a championship contender the way they're currently constructed. No, unless, no unless somebody takes a big step forward. But uh, that the only guy that's doing that right now is Embiid and Maxi. And, uh, Tobias Harris needs to hit 25 a game. Danny Green has to show up. I forgot he was on the team at the time. Korkmaz needs to be consistent off the bench. Yeah, Korkmaz has been kind of a letdown. Curry early needs and- to step it up just a little bit. Yeah, he's been days, a little bit less. And Maxi, turnover poppy. You gotta let's settle the breaks down and just manage the game and shoot your shots. Shake Milton, you know. They, Shake Milton, Jesus. The thing is, they have enough depth because I feel like their bench is better right now than it has been in a few years. Mm-hmm. Maybe except for the uh, the Toronto year, but even that year, they when Embiid wasn't on the floor, they got torched. Um, so I mean, trading from a position of strength, which is a guy that's not even playing. And maintaining some of that depth, like your wings, you have decent wing depth. It, I don't know what you consider Harris. I would consider him just a four. Hmm. But yeah. you have Green, Thibel, you have Niang can kind of play the three. You have um, Milton, um, Isaiah Joe has come on a little bit of late. You have Charlie Brown, and then you also have uh, hmm. Korkmaz. So th- they have a decent depth. And if they have to move a guy like a Milton, which I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the guys that goes at the deadline. Um, because Maury did say they were going to make a trade or they could make a trade, whether it's the, the trade or a trade. Yeah. It's, I think you're going to see a guy like a shake Milton get moved. 
for like a veteran two or a veteran three that can come in and get you buckets. I don't know if that means you're getting Lou Williams, which I don't think would be, I think that's a redundant move. Or like a guy like that, you know what I mean? Like he can get uh, hot though, just like Milton though. So it is a redundant, yeah, redundant. Difference is like Lou Williams is like a professional scorer. Milton is like an unfinished product. But like a a, a move like that is what I'm kind of referring to. Like, like if they traded Shake Milton for Eric Gordon, I don't think I'd be surprised. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still surprised that Houston hasn't traded him yet. I'm surprised Houston hasn't like blown up that team yet. Yeah, I mean, there's still some pieces there. I think they want to build around um, Christian, Christian Wood. Yeah. And uh, they like Jalen Green and they like uh, Jay Sean Tate. And they have a good team down there, Kenny Martin Jr. But like the threat that they are kind of drag. Daniel Tice, what a weird fit. You know what team is uh, truly effed? The Lakers. Lakers, baby. Woo. Yeah. Buddy, talk about your hands tied. And mind what a weird you, team. Before LeBron, pre LeBron, or, you know, LeBron's first year there, they had a pretty good squad. They had pieces Russo, too. Lonzo, I believe Randall. Randall was there until I think Ingram. he left. He left the year that um Hart. Uh, what's his name? Kuzma. I'm sorry. Randall left the year that LeBron came because he went to the Pels. Yeah. He kind of made a lot of money for him. So, but yeah, they had Randall Kuzma. They had Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball. They had um Caruso. I believe Rondo went. Yeah, Caruso was there. They had Zubats. They traded in midseason for Mike Muscala. Dude, they had inexplicably Ingram. They had playmakers. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't they think they blow up that team and look where they are now. With they Russell traded Westbrook. they traded everything for Anthony Davis. And and and, Davis. and they had Josh Hart too. Yeah, Josh. I love Josh Hart. That team was on the upward swing and they also had I'm pretty sure Clarkson was still there. Clarkson was there, yeah. Yeah, he um I mean eventually he went to another team but Clarkson was Utah, still there. I believe. Well, he was on the Cavs for a little while too. He's on Utah now. Yeah, he's on Utah now. He was I think he was in the trade that got um Isaiah Thomas. Was it? Was Clarkson traded to the Cavs when LeBron was still there? I think he was. Dude, that whole squad was young. And then LeBron comes in and makes it all old. <laughs> yeah. This is what I LeBron th- does. I have a feeling Clarkson was in the Isaiah Thomas trade. This is what LeBron does. He goes to a team and just blows it up. Except for Miami. That was Dwayne's team. Wade. But he goes into the Cavs. Remember he goes to the Cavs? It was, I think it was Kyrie. Um, Damn, what was his name? Wiggins. Who else? Who else? Oh, I'm forgetting this guy's name. Yeah, so Clarkson was traded with Larry Nance to the Cavs for Larry Channing Nance. Fry and Isaiah Thomas, Channing and that's Fry. that's actually the that's actually one of the trades that uh, freed up some space for the Lakers to get um, LeBron James. I mean, he, he was playing chess. I'm almost positive that that trade happened on the day of the Eagles parade. Yeah, February eighth. <laughs> yeah, I remember because I remember it came up on the TV. I had uh, I had Jordan Clarkson in my fantasy league. I mean, eh. but yeah, I but just yeah, thought Lakers are kind of screwed. Yeah. Um. So here's the one that I, I took away from the entire thing. This is one of the ones I heard on the radio. Yeah. Um. So actually two. Um. Yeah. The one was about not making a trade just for the sake of making a trade, which is also what he said a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It's probably why it stuck out to me because it was familiar. Um. He says there are deals with the blank that could work, but doesn't think a deal will be offered. He also made. Oh, to the Kings, yes. And he also said that it, it might take numerous teams to make it work. Will a team, will a one-for-one trade work? Probably not. It might take three, four teams to make it all work, which was yeah. telling to me because I, I think it is going to be a really complicated mess when they make this trade. And I wouldn't be surprised, excuse me, if there's a subsequent trade that gets made almost immediately thereafter. 
Yeah, the, the the direct quote was, it takes two to trade. In our case, it will probably take three or four teams, end quote. So, yeah, I mean, he knows that he's up against it. He knew, he knows he needs teams. Um, but I don't think these teams are willing to bite. I don't know how many teams are going to be willing to trade with him, too, because they know he's a big asset developer and asset flipper, yeah. asset flipper. Like to the point where it's almost like the Hanky thing where people didn't want to trade with him because they were worried they were going to lose the deal. Yeah. And he said that he wanted, uh, this is another thing that's actually not on here, but Maury did mention that he wants it to be a mutually beneficial trade, um, not just for him and the opposing team, but also the player that is involved. They want to make sure that, uh, you know, Mr. Hollywood is traded to a team that makes him happy. <laughs> so I don't know what that really means. That means we're limited, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He wants to go to. So- West Coast teams. Let's um. Come on now. Let's play fantasy GM. Well, let's play uh, Nostradamus first. Do you think he's traded before the end of the season? By the deadline? Yeah, which is like roughly a month from now. February tenth, I believe. Same day as the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be traded. I don't think so. I, it's I just think. too. It's too complicated. To, to pull off at this point in the season, unless he gets desperate and makes a trade for, you know, I've always said that if you trade a dollar for the four quarters, the team that gets the dollar wins more often than not. Maybe not in the case of the Anthony Davis trade, although they did win a championship. But anytime you trade big piece for numerous tiny pieces, yeah, the team that gets the numerous tiny pieces, unless everything fits perfectly, generally oh does God. not win the trade. No. So I'm a little concerned about uh, why well, I, I trust him to make the deal. I don't trust anybody else in the league to make this deal aside from him or Sam Presti or um, uh, what's the Masai Ujiri. There are very Toronto. few players. Yeah. Sachin Gupta. There are very few general managers that I would trust and executive BPs, whatever their new title is. Uh, there's very few people I trust like Elton brand. I would not trust to make this trade God, because he would trade. The guy for <laughs> Nikhil Alexander Walker and like a 2029 20, third round pick when the when the draft expands to three rounds. Oh my god! But <laughs> I I worry that there's not enough teams out there willing to trade for him. I do expect, however, that I think the market could expand in the offseason when teams one have a little bit more cap space and two have a little bit higher aspirations. Teams that maybe maybe a Cleveland, like we mentioned, who realizes that they were kind of good, but they're missing something, but nobody wants to go to freaking Cleveland, yeah. as TJ McConnell said. Um, but, like, I wonder if a team like that will go, you know what, maybe this guy could put us over the edge. We're okay with trading X, That's Y, and Z mm-hmm. and pushing the chips a little bit closer to the middle, bring them in. Fresh legs hasn't done anything in a year. Maybe in a smaller market like us, he'll thrive. He'll be happy to be here. Change of scenery can be a positive thing. Let's trade this. We know our draft pick is 18 versus now where it could be anywhere. We know exactly where the draft pick is. We know exactly who we could be getting. Maybe that pick's not as valuable to us now. I think you'll see teams like that come up. Maybe even if Atlanta or Charlotte or a team like that. Maybe even Orlando, like a team that might think that they're good enough now, but truly aren't. Make that trade. Minnesota. Eight win. Uh, the eight win uh, Orlando Magic are not making that trade. They're not making a first round pick for that guy, but I wouldn't be shocked if they, if there's, you know, maybe like a team that has pressure from ownership to win, like Indiana. I don't know how many years they can go downward. 
teams like that, like teams like Memphis that are in that middle market tier, mm-hmm. that they, they need to make the playoffs. They need to be competitive in order to generate revenue. Yeah. Philly, New York, Boston, LA, these places are in Chicago. We're going to make money regardless. Teams like that I worry about, like OKC, who's being lauded, by the way, for tanking while the Sixers got buried for it. <laughs> teams like that are going to need players. Even the Spurs, I feel like if Pop doesn't retire, he might retire. Pop's a good guy to maybe mold, like utilize his skill set. I think Pop would love Ben Simmons. I think he'd be great for him. But Ben Simmons, just like Kawhi didn't want to be there, I don't think no one wants to be for San Antonio. Sure, they, the they need stars. That was a team then, yeah. He's, He's getting a lot out of his guys. Keldon Johnson's a nice player. I like. I love Dejounte Murray. Like I don't get it, man. Like if I had all the talent in the world like that, and I'm and I got blessed to be in a big market like say Philadelphia, and it's competitive, go for it. But then I understand shit happens. You know, you, your bad relations with the management, your teammates, whatever the case may be. You want to be out. All right, cool. You have other teams that are willing to get you. I'm like, all right, fuck. I'll just suck it up and I'll play at. OKC or Memphis or Orlando or whatever, you know, something like that. Make my bread, get my stock up, get my confidence up, get my game up, and then have leverage to then go out and get the big contract that you want and go out to an L.A. or a contending team, you know? Like, I don't get it. Like, these stars are ridiculous. They just want to win now and want to go to wherever they want to go immediately instead of putting in the work and getting your stock up. Like we said at the beginning of this, Benton Simmons is not good enough to request a trade, just like what Shaq and Barkley buried him earlier in the season for this. And they're he's right. Not that he's, and you mentioned it as well, I believe. He's not that good to be. Well, I think when Rich was on the first time, yeah, like Ben Simmons is not a, that kind of player to be requesting a trade. Like, it like makes James no Harden and Anthony Davis both played after requesting the trade. Yeah, and they, they were forced to play. Like they, even they. How many players right now and this is the same question i posed episode three when rich was on yeah how many players right now in the nba are good enough to request a trade and sit out if they don't get it exactly five Kawhi leonard steph curry Poor lebron Zingas. james kevin durant and like maybe maybe luca maybe well, Giannis too i'm sorry yeah. and even um luca yeah i, I, I can see trey man. like trey could sit out if he wanted to and then the other one i thought of just fell out of my brain john moran Oh no, no way, no way, no way, <laughs> no way, no way. <laughs> no way. I think we lost Rob Van Grable. We lost Rob Van Grable. Let me see if I can get him back here. Rob, are you there? We temporarily lost Rob Van Grable. We're trying to relocate him. I have no idea what's going on. This is... Eesh. Abysmal. 
One of a kind. No fucking way. Wet roads, and now we're starting to experience, unfortunately, in freeze thaw, we see this water main breaks. Oh, did you see that? Oh my she's, god! <laughs> she's from Philly. All right, what? At what point did you stop hearing me? You said when you mentioned John Moran, I believe. Okay. Um, here, just... You want me to put a little disclaimer? In? A little bit. All right. I mean, this thing is still recording the entire yeah. way, so I'll just edit it. So all right. it's all good. Should we even say the technical difficulties thing? Or all right, hold on, hold on. Oh, we lost Rob. We're trying to relocate him. We're efforting. Uh, we'll be right back for a little bit. And we're back. Oh, shit. Rob, what happened, man? Welcome back to the Technical Difficulties Pod. Um, <laughs> Jesus. So we were, I don't know what happened. I So what happened is I was talking and I could see, I could hear you, but I could, but you were frozen. And then I heard you go, no way, no way, no way. <laughs> and then I fell out. And then, uh, but basically before we wrap this up, if, if a player, I was going to make the point, if, like I said in episode three, if Clay Thompson sat out, people would be like, look, it's, I know I understand you're a great player, but you're not that great. What happens if Paul George sat out? Even a player of that caliber, people don't think is good enough to do that. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. I, I my question when you were talking about, um, you know, everything you're saying about, you know, I'm a, I'm a star in a big market. I should want to win. The first question that came to my mind because I was thinking about the documentary that was made when he was in college. Do you think he loves basketball? No. Or do you think basketball is his avenue to being recognized? I don't know about recognized, but I think he likes what comes with basketball. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, not necessarily recognize. Like, hey, look, you're the guy that sat out because you missed the yeah. layup. Um, like, recognize in a, in, a, in a sense that, like, that's his way of being famous. What is it? Is it, like, fame versus famous or something like that? Like, you don't – he's not in love with the sport, but he likes what comes with it. He, but he also doesn't like to be out in front of the cameras and be like, whoa, look at yeah. me, TMT. He likes to do his own thing in private. Which is fine. But he likes the access that he gets. The What's the word? Not access, but... Like the, the, the perks, I guess. Yeah, the being perks fa- and yeah. stuff like that. And the recognition and obviously the pay. Yeah, the pay definitely makes... I think he just wants to be famous and he knows that this is his way. Of, I don't think he cares enough about the sport. Because right now, if if Ben Simmons was not playing basketball, but he was doing the same thing what he does off the off the court, which is like bang chicks and play on Twitch, good for him. He would not he would not be where he is. He wouldn't be recognized. You no. and I would not be talking about Ben Simmons, the Twitch player. No. Do you, Do you think that that is the disconnect between him and Embiid? Is Embiid wants to be the ba- the greatest player of all time, and Simmons just wants to be a player? Yeah, not necessarily a player. I think Ben Simmons just wants to play his game yeah. and just wants to, you know, just come and do his thing. And hey, if we win a chip, we win a chip. But like, yeah, get I'm get mine, get, get my chip. money. Yeah, I don't want. I don't mean to be dramatic when I say this or when I suggest this, but do you think that the pass, the infamous pass, 
was a microcosm of his tenure in the NBA, like his his character in the NBA. That character, I don't think he's I don't think he's a bad human being by any means. Um, but like, do you think that was a microcosm of who he is in the NBA, where it's like, I'm just gonna pass this off to someone else and hope that they figure it out because I'm not ambitious enough to be a go-getter. I can't be the alpha. Uh, I want to say no. I mean, because like for years we've roasted LeBron for doing similar things. Like LeBron, best player on the court, has the ball, crunch time. Next, you know, kicks it out to J.R. Smith, kicks it out to Mike Miller, or somebody else to like Danny Green. the shot. Danny Green, and we're like, and then they miss it or. And when they make it, like, oh, LeBron, his IQ is off the charts. Like, he did. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't, if LeBron did the same thing, we would be roasting him, but not as hard as we are Ben Simmons for making that pass. But you're seven foot, you're a point guard, and you had Trey Young defending you a foot or two away from the basket in a pivotal yeah. game at home. You make the shot. I think you look at the things that also led to that moment, too. He, he very much was absent most of that series. LeBron has almost never been absent for an entire playoff series. Sure. Um, I, I do want I, not that I'm discrediting the, con- the connection because I agree with it. Um, if LeBron did that or if Westbrook did that or if somebody, if Kawhi did that, they'd be getting ripped for it. They would be getting ripped as much. I think it's just easy to kick somebody when they're down. Yeah. And also, those uh, aforementioned players did not play for Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a blue collar town that is like, hard on you but yeah. it, it's a mood swing it's what have you done for me lately and but he's also been so par- par- uh what's stupid where it's so cold in here he's been so polarizing since he came into the league and into the city mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like him because he can't shoot it's i don't know it's it's very it's perplexing to think about and I, I think it's interesting moving forward to see exactly what happens uh you you think that there's a more than 50 percent chance he's moved to the deadline i think there's a less than 30 percent chance he's moved to the deadline i think i would actually put it closer to 10 percent. i think he gets traded between the time that the season ends and the draft happens or between the time that the draft happens and free agency starts yeah for sure um or it could be even before that because they might make a trade to acquire a draft pick and then utilize that as a means to uh to acquire something different Side note, uh, your Luka Doncic uh, prop is in jeopardy. Uh, all my props are in jeopardy, Joel. No, no, he's he's possibly getting a triple double. Well, it he doesn't has, matter because Randall's not going to get me twenty. Well, hold up. he has twenty four points, eight rebounds. I mean, eight assists, seven rebounds. With seven minutes left in the fourth, though, and uh, he'll, he'll get it. He's playing, and they're up. Are they up big? Up eight. So he'll stay in. My my biggest issue right now, my biggest obstacle is um. So my three, my three player prop or my three player parlay is I need Julius uh, well, Randall. Uh, well, they're losing by thirty anyway, so Julius I, I need twenty and a Knicks four win. Points. They're they're down by twenty four. Randall's got four points. He's a minus twenty six. He's a bum. I hate him. <laughs> um, let's talk. Uh, let's talk gridiron. Wait, wait, right before that, real quick. Yep. Jalen beats MVP. Uh. uh candidacy i got him at plus a thousand last night he's minus he's plus 800 right now damn you i should have done it yesterday who do you think is mvp right now joel yeah. and b two do you months think ago joel and b last week joel and b a month tomorrow, ago joel and b. tomorrow the next day after that two episodes ago when i mentioned this joel and b what do you make of curry's case right now i, I promise we'll move on yeah we'll, we'll move on right after. 
Dude, I don't understand Stephen Curry or even the good Currys, whatever Curry it is, as the MVP race. I don't understand it. He is falling in that line of LeBron James as you're expected to make these these numbers. You are the best player on the court for the majority of the games. You're going to put up these numbers. Your team's going to win. Au revoir. Just like LeBron, best player in the world. That's why you don't see LeBron winning the MVP race every year because he would literally win it or it would be back and forth between him and Curry. Giannis is now getting up there. He just won a chip. Giannis is getting that treatment of double-double, triple-double machine, just like Harden, just like Westbrook at one I think time. Jokic, to an extent, might even be getting that treatment because I, I, if he Jokic were putting up – if he put up these numbers last year, he'd be the favorite – yeah, so I mean, Curry's still the favorite. I, I think I'm with you. Curry's not doing anything special right now. He started great, and the team was obviously great. The MVP award is almost always the best player on a really good team. Yeah, it's a top three seed aside from the year Westbrook won it with Oklahoma City because he was a triple double machine. Yeah, uh, triple double. It doesn't really mean you're any good. His decline has been weird, horrendous. horrendous. Yeah, but yeah, I don't understand it because he's. Ex- I would expect him. He should have won it last year. When he had Draymond Green doing nothing on the court, I agree. I agree totally about that. And no Clay Thompson. He dragged that team kicking and screaming to the playoffs, uh, yeah. the play in. And could have won I, that. Yeah, they, they should have won that if LeBron didn't hit that massive shot, even though he's, you know, quote unquote, not clutch. LeBron um, was going to go to Los Angeles and not get in the playoffs. No, he was too busy going to Phoenix and losing in five or whatever it was. <laughs> so five. That was but, weird. But yeah, that, that was my. Yeah, my I'm with away. you. Curry should have won it. Curry and. If Embiid never got hurt, he's probably winning it last year over LeBron. Curry should should have won it, and he didn't. And I don't think Curry's deserving of it right now. Yeah, it's M- it's MVP. MVP. All right, let's go to the gridiron. The gridiron, where it's going to be just as cold Sunday as it is in my office right now. <laughs> uh, let's kick it off. Four thirty Saturday. Tennessee Titans coming off a bye. They are home against the Cincinnati Bengals coming off a victory. Against our Raiders last Saturday. Womp, um, womp. So a, a normal rest time for the Bengals, bye week for the Titans. We said the bye mattered more than home field for them. Oh, yeah. And that's evident by the fact that Derrick Henry will have a decision made on his status Friday. Yeah, tomorrow. They will so tomorrow, by the time you listen to this, by the time you've shared this and sent this to all your friends and your family, and they will have listened as well, Derrick Henry's decision, his status will have been you know updated. And everyone's collective fantasy league <laughs> will be on in on hinge right there because I have him in my lineup. Me too. Um, Bengals showed us something. I don't love the matchup of the Bengals receivers against the Titans secondary. I think the Titans secondary is well equipped to stop them, or not stop them, contain them to an extent. Mm-hmm. I worry about the Bengals defense against the Titans offense, especially on the ground. Josh Jacobs did whatever he wanted last week. Running backs can get the ball and move in space against the Bengals. They're not exactly a stout defense aside from their pass rush, but one of the Titans' strengths is their offensive line, even without Taylor Lewan. The offensive line is – there's a reason t- uh, King Henry ran for 2,000 last year. Facts. Mostly returning as well, this, uh, the offensive line is. And Tannehill's mobile. Probably more mobile than Carr and more willingly a, a sure. runner than Carr. So, you know, Trey Hendrickson and um, the other guy that I can't remember the name of because it's freaking freezing in here. <laughs> They will get home, but will they get Tanhill to the ground? I'd say maybe to be seen. two to three times at least, but not enough to uh, – I mean, it's going to be a good game. I, I'm more excited for this game than the other three. Let me see. Yeah. I think we talked about this yesterday. This is the game that we're watching the most, 
We're most intrigued for the rematch, Bills and Chiefs. The other two, it'd be nice to see, but like my eyes are on what's going to happen with Burrow. If he can put his name a little up there in the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, getting a win on the road and continuing this run for uh, Cincinnati. Uh, Sam Hubbard was the player I couldn't remember. Um, mm. I do have a question. Is this Cincinnati team the first team in NFL history to have two players with the last name Sample on their team? They have a tight end named Drew Sample, and then they also have a defensive end named Cam Sample. What's up with these GMs picking up? Uh, we talked about this on the episode with Rich. Like these GMs, GMs are like same last name. Bring them simple, on. yeah. You know what's funny is when you look at the, um, they should have used Drew Sample's jersey as the one that they unveiled the new uniform style with because <laughs> yeah. it's a sample. Um, <laughs> what so, a class right there. Yeah. Who who do you think wins the game Saturday, Tennessee or Cincinnati? Who do you think will win, and who do you think I should win? Who? Yeah. Who do you think is going to win? Do you think it'll be uh, overrated Burrow, or do you think it'll be <laughs> King Henry? Stop the nonsense with that. All right. Um, You're going to realize in two years when one of those receivers leaves, uh, or two of those receivers leave, that Burrow is just Garoppolo on steroids. Oh my god! I do think Burrow's a good quarterback. I think it's a little overblown. Jamar Chase is a rookie. Remember that. He didn't have him last year, and Burroughs was putting up no before his old line just let him die out there. They were worth, they were bad enough to get the fourth pick in the draft. <laughs> Valid. I, I think Burrow is a good player. I don't think he's as special of a talent as Herbert, though. Um, I'm thinking Tennessee because of their defense. I don't know. We can't put any stock in Henry coming back. Yeah. Because we don't know the status. Because uh, we're recording on a Thursday. Normally, we do on Friday. Even if he plays. Even if he um, plays, is he what, at 100%? Is he going to get the load? What will his role be? I mean, the three-and-a-half line kind of leads me to think that they expect him to at least play in some sort of a limited capacity. Yeah. I worry a little bit about them with a bye from the standpoint of they are not as – well, it helps guys like A.J. Brown and Julio Jones have been banged up. Dude. Julio certainly helps Jones. Tannehill. Tannehill's played every game the last couple of years. Um, a couple older guys on that team could benefit from it. I, I think Tennessee wins. Same. Um, there's just too much potential offensive power for the Tennessee Titans because I don't know what, but like when we thought Julio Jones signed with the Tennessee Titans, we're like, damn, him and AJ Brown, let's yeah. go. And then AJ Julio Brown Jones hasn't got a touchdown until like what week 18? He got his first it, touchdown. Yeah, well, he's never been a big touchdown guy. When he was with uh, Atlanta, I feel like he he went a couple years without scoring touchdowns, didn't he? Nah, I, I, I highly doubt it. he was their best player. But he went a while without scoring a touchdown. Maybe it was a red zone touchdown. He hadn't he, had. He would go. Th- there a was while a weird stat him. about him. Oh, I'm sure there was. You haven't. Um, I'm going to take a look at his game, his uh, his yearly his log? okay. logs. There, I don't have his game logs in front of me, but. All right. Well, I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have Tannehill, who's a mobile quarterback, but who can sling it. AJ yeah. Brown's becoming their number one and probably the most dominant wideout so far, right there. You got Julio Jones. Their tight end, I don't, I can't think of the name. They had, what's his face, Delaney Walker and somebody else, and then they both left. Um, the running back took over for King Henry. It's been doing phenomenal. King Henry possibly back. There's too much offensive power right there that they could tap into. Cincinnati has uh, their work cut out for them on the road, and then you know. All right, Benny. Um, and so it was 2018. He hadn't scored a touchdown to like week six. That is the thing I'm thinking of. He he went a while without scoring a touchdown. Well, that's 
that's that's valid. He can yeah. go. On a He's screen. also never had a big year touchdown wise. Looked like eight or nine might have been his his high. Um, but, but see, that's an average eight or nine. Ten is a, as a second year player, so he went eight, ten, two, six, eight, six, three, eight, six, three, one. Um, last year was a shortened season. This year also shortened for him. So I like the Flyers lost. Um, <laughs> In other news, yeah. Ah, uh, but well, yeah, I don't know. I I think that they will. I just think the Titans are a better team, and Bengals are hot right now. I don't put any stock into the Week 18 game because nobody played, but they are hot, riding high. They didn't even they, play. They have what is very dangerous at this time of year, and that's a rational confidence. And they remind me, ironically, a little bit of that Titans team a couple years ago that went to New England and beat the Pats. Mm-hmm. And then they played – I forget who they played the second row. They beat them too. Titans. Might have been the Might have been the Ravens. Huh. And then they play the Chiefs in the AFC title game, and darn near won that game. They put up a fight. <laughs> that they, but the Bengals do remind me they're like definitely an irrational confidence team, and I think that's a dangerous team to play right now. Is a team that doesn't believe they can be beat. Going for broke on that one, and it's a playoff. And the Bengals have nothing to lose. Nobody was expecting them to be here. Burrow said it before the season, but you know whatever. All right, the same night, I said this yesterday. This is cruel, having the 49ers not only go to Green Bay for a uh, a playoff game, but also play at night, where it's probably going to be pretty cold. Probably a blizzard. Yeah, porn star Jimmy G. <laughs> They're going to need to run the ball to stay in this game. Packers minus 5.5, over-under 47.5. By the way, the over-under in the first game is 47. Uh, these are all in the same ballpark, except for Bill's Chiefs. Uh, five and a half, 47 and a half. Uh, this is the biggest money line disparity. Minus 245 to plus 200. All the other ones are in the ones. So this is the game that Vegas believes will be the widest gap. Still less than a touchdown. It was, I believe, wasn't it six even yesterday? I think. I think I made the comment it was a full touchdown. So Packers and 49ers, the keys to winning this game, obviously the Packers are going to rely on, you know, big A.J. Dillon to run the ball. They're going to rely on Devontae Adams, Robert Tanyan, uh, Rodgers, obviously, Packers pass rush. And then the Niners are going to rely on their strength, which is running the ball and short, quick passes to their mm-hmm. fast receivers and their big tight end, George Kittle. So we'll see what happens. I don't know if the Niners have anybody that can take Devontae Adams one-on-one, but I think they can take, a while, take away a lot of the other strengths of the Packers offense and make Adams be the guy that beats you, which is a dangerous game to play. What's your take on this game? It's just like Brady in the playoffs. You don't really bet against Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, especially yeah. at home with a week rest. Yeah. A um, little bit of motivation as well because they got their butts kicked in San Francisco two years ago in the NFC title game. That's true. And this is like, quote, unquote, their their last dance, him and Devontae Adams, whatever yeah, that means. Potentially. Their future. So, and they have been the best team in the NFC, you know? Um, I would say. And according to looking at prior to the show doing prep, I was looking at something like, I don't know, like transactions, I believe, like, you know, in the NFL. And I happened to see yesterday, I think. Oh, wait. They, they activated Randall Cobb from the IR. So that's a weapon for Rodgers right there. I had no idea Raheem Mostert was coming back. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Raheem Mostert is coming back off the COVID or <sighs> Whatever list he was on, so he had to be hurt because I don't know if he um well, he, he hasn't played in a while. Said reserve slash COVID list. So okay, so that's what... probably that. That's maybe 
probably not the COVID stuff. Then. Maybe it's COVID, but I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen him play, though. Yeah, so like those two players are game changers, but they've been out, so they are a weapon on the on the on the field. So we'll see what happens on both ends right there. But I think this is a lock. I think it's cruel that they did this to the 49ers, But hey, this is what happens with seeding. So it was bound to happen to whoever was getting that seed anyway. Yeah, they were gonna have to go to Green Bay anyway. Yeah, I mean everything. All roads lead to Green Bay unless they get knocked out. And Debo Samuel's. He has to be like damn near perfect and then some for them to like win because he's their best player on offense right now. I think Kittle too has to be uh play a bigger part this play a bigger role this week than he did last week. I'm thinking he I'm thinking he already does in the fact of he probably sucks up so much attention on the defense as that's what leads for yeah. uh Jennings to be open and Debo to do what he does on the ground or even Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk as well, yeah. So I mean this is gonna be a good game, interesting game, but like, we'll see what happens. I mean, I my money's on Green Bay though. I'm gonna go Green Bay as well. Next game, Sunday, Rob. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams gonna travel to the East Coast to go against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And and this is an NBC game at three o'clock, not the one o'clock special, but it's three o'clock special. Matt Stafford again testing his playoff run here, and it's not an easy one as he goes to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. We're the host of the Super Bowl last year, so yeah. Let's see what happens here. Um, both of these teams, both these teams, basically coming off of a bye because the Cardinals and Eagles combined probably couldn't have beaten one of these teams. Um, I think the Rams are coming to the finish line a little healthier. Things seem to be coming together for them a little bit better. Yeah. But the Buccaneers still have the best player in the world. I am. I'm not in favor of fading Tom Brady. However, Los Angeles, a lot of weapons. They know how to utilize them. The thing I'd be worried about, and I've been saying this all along is Stafford will gift you one eventually and i think todd bowles is a very good defensive coordinator one of the better ones in the nfl he will hopefully be a head coach next year he was set up to fail because anybody but the jets is going to fail aside from rex ryan (laughs) at least early on i think that todd bowles is a very good coach i think arians is overrated but he doesn't doesn't really matter what he does he's got left which bowles and brady i think this is going to be an interesting chess match McVay is a genius offensively. Stafford is a very gifted offensive player. They have Cup. They have Odell Beckham. They have a good running back core. It's all about can the Buccaneers keep up with the Rams, in my opinion. Can they can they score with LA? It's currently Bucks minus three, over under 48 and a half, which leads you to think it'll be about uh what's that 20, what's that, 25, 21-ish, 25, 22-ish. 26, 23, roughly that. So they don't think it'll be absurdly high scoring. I think, honestly, it's going to be a track meet, and the Bucks are going to be forced to keep up with the Rams. It's a defense game. It's going to be a defensive game. Who's, yeah. Who can impose their will on the quarterback? Because both quarterbacks, once they get rattled in that pocket. Yeah, that Bucks defense, 
the, the biggest matchup is going to be Bucks defense against the Rams offense. Uh, the Rams defense, I think, can contain the Bucks offense. It is Brady, but I don't expect them to come out and just play sticks defense the way that Gannon did. I believe Raheem Morris is the uh, the defensive coordinator for the Rams, the former interim head coach for the uh, Falcons. Another guy who probably should get um, head coaching gigs next year. But sure. Um, also, the defenses are now prepping for a quarterback that's not mobile. Yeah, that's a good point. They both played against very athletic quarterbacks last week, neither of which really played all that well. But it's a much different game plan this week, but it's a little bit more traditional NFL game plan, though. You should be more impressed with the Rams, though, because they shut down Kyle Murray, who was more inclined to do the running yeah. and scramble, and they shut him down completely. Like He did nothing him. last week. I mean, that – my goodness. Uh, stunned. We got – Stunned. Um, this is going to go into my uh, my dog. Give me the Rams. It's going to be boring, but I got the Rams as well. There you go. I just think that they are. I don't know. I, I, no, t- no player will ever. No team or player will ever be more motivated than Brady and his team. Yeah, I think the Rams are just. They're tired of not. They're like they're tired of reaching out for that brass ring and not coming down with it. McVeigh knows that this is the knock on him that he can get to the big game and not win it. If you were to put, for me. The same Rams team with the same motivation, the same everything, but you put them with Brady in New England, similar wide out, similar staff, not the exact same. I would then have New England only because of weather. I just, weather, I think that's it's true. A factor. Basically, dome weather for the Rams. No, this is not, it'd be different if LA had to travel to Green Bay for this one. Yeah, I'd be yeah. worried, even with Stafford. But I think going to Tampa, the weather will not play a factor at all. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we say that now. We watch it rain on Sunday. That's still. I mean, it kind of rains in LA like once in a blue moon or every. Yeah, but year. Stafford's played indoors his whole career, and the Rams play in that spaceship. True. I, I just don't think weather will. That's a good point by you. The, the weather's not going to play as big of a role as it will in the next game. And you got a motivated OBJ, who's look like he's having fun. And rejuvenated. Rejuvenated. Exactly. That's he's getting word. fed the ball by a good quarterback for once. Yeah, and that keeps Cooper Cup. If he's going to get double teamed, you got OBJ. Yeah. And if, if you're and, double, team, double team in both, Tyler Higby right up the gut. And Van Jefferson. There, there's a lot of good players on that Rams team. Um, the nightcap on Sunday, this is a good one because when the game ends, you will still have time to do whatever you need to on Sunday night, like your laundry. <laughs> 6.30. So it's not 11.30 when you're going to bed. 6.30 p.m. Sunday, the quote-unquote game of the week in a lot of people's estimation, the Chiefs hosting the Bills. Chiefs minus one and a half, over under 53 and a half, by far the highest of the week. Rematch of last year's playoff game where the Chiefs beat the Bills by like a considerable margin. And it was deemed the Bills were not ready for the moment. (laughs) How do we feel about this one? This feels like Goliath versus Goliath almost. Yeah, right. Um... The unstoppable force versus the immovable object. And also, I think earlier this season, the Bills walked into Kansas City and destroyed the Kansas City. And that's when they were yeah. like a shell of themselves. Yeah, that's before KC finally got right. That's that's before we birthed the, the RGGB, RGGB, RGGB. That was probably the genesis of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was. Because the Chiefs, 
I, I that was weird. Everybody and their mom was on the bills that weekend. I was one of the few times that I faded the public and <laughs> felt good about it. Yeah, the Bills beat the piss out of the Chiefs that night. I think it was a Monday nighter. Yeah, it was either a Sunday or a Monday. I know I went out to a bar, which I normally don't ever do, and I happened to see on the TV. Oh, look, the game's on. Saw the score. I'm like, eh. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a wash. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, it'll be a little bit different story this time around. Mm-hmm. I think. Hmm. So it's McDermott against Reed. Does Reed have the same track record against his former assistants the way that Belichick does? I would assume he's got to. <laughs> I would hope so. He's probably beaten Nagy. He probably he beat Peterson. He's a shit out of Nagy. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably beat Gruden. Um, I would like I would like to see him versus Vienemy uh, if Vienemy ever leaves. Woo! Yeah. Give me offense on offense. Uh, Let's go. McDermott's a really good coach, and I think that that was a really good hire by them. And dude, Carolina's. They should have hired him. Yeah, well, they had Riverboat down there at the time, so at least they were kind of set. This is interesting. I um, I'm indifferent with this game. Mahomes has been electric in his playoff career, with the exception being the Super Bowl last year. I think the Bills are equipped to do what <laughs> what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did to him last though last year though, mm-hmm. which was just get pressure on him every play. Tons of weapons on that. Tons of like great players on the defense for Buffalo. Obviously, missing Tredavious White's going to hurt, especially in one-on-one against Tyree Kill, who is not 100%. Kelsey is over 100%, it seems. The, <laughs> the, the Chiefs' offensive line this year is a little bit different from theirs from last year, though. So I am going to defer to you. Who do you got? Well, let's just jump right into our TTPs because that is my dog of the week. Buffalo Whoa. Bills. I think they do it again. No, and Not only that, I'll double down. Give me the points plus one and a half. So you, so you, <laughs> so you're, so two of your, so your two of your TTPs are the, uh, the bills. Oh, the bills. So the bills plus one and a half and bills money line as the dog. All in so I, bills mafia and dildos. Pause. I, I have the Chiefs winning this game. Um, <sighs> terrible. My lock, or so, well, you, right, so you, you did your dog in your points. My, my dog is going to be the Rams. Okay. And my points are going to be, Actually, I'll change my points. Uh, it's not fair doubling down like that. It's, it's totally fair. Um, by the way, last week you were two and one of the TTP. I was one and two. This is tough because there's only four to choose from. Yeah. The points for me this week. So my dog's going to be the Rams. My points. Let's go. You might take the one that I'm taking. Um, I'm not touching the Bengals game. I mean, in theory, I should take the Rams plus three, but I'm not going to take them. I'm going to go Packers minus five and a half. That's where I was leaning towards. Where are you? I'll go. I'll go Chiefs minus one and a half. Then. No, no, no. I was leaning towards that, but you sure? But I do love the Rams. Like I see, I have okay. been this, so I'm going with Rams. That's fair. All right, I'll go Packers minus five and a half, and then uh, my lock and your lock and Drew lock. Can we do a prop for this for our lock? Uh, Drew Lock is not playing, so. Oh, he's not? Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like I have a, uh, I'm sure I could find a prop that could be my lock. I don't really know. Yeah, I'll do it right now. Um, Over a cup touchdown. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Two touchdowns. How about that? Make it make it interesting. You know what? That's, um, let's do that. Why not? OBJ. I'm going to do a parlay as my lock. <laughs> 
OBJ, Cup, and so Mostert's back, right? Mostert is back. Will he start? Will he have significant playing time? I have no idea. Um, oh, here we go. OBJ, Cup, and Knox. Dawson Knox of the Buffalo Bills, all touchdowns. That's my lock. Book it. So I had one in mind. I was going to take um, Elijah Mitchell under 92 and a half all-purpose yards, mm. but I'm going to go with CJ Uzama over 31 and a half yards. Smart pick. Smart Thank you. On the Chase is at 77 and a half. Did they learn nothing last week? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's, this is a better defense. That's a much, a, a much better defense, a real defense, not a uh, bunch of guys with pom-poms. Average Joe ain't going to just said, fuck it. Chase is down there somewhere. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. All right, what do we got next? Oh, dude. Dude. Oh, wait, what's your lock? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll go with Uzama over 31 and a half. 31 and a half. Okay. I don't feel good about it, but that's the first one that popped out to me. Was that or Elijah Mitchell? And I don't even know who Elijah Mitchell is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know who he is. I don't, don't know. Back. I know nothing about his game. I just know he's a running back for the <laughs> Niners. No, for the Rams. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Now we're really, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Actually, no. What Stafford's over under for interception? That's what I was gonna say. Like, I'm surprised. I think it was too. It was too easy of a lock to put. <laughs> if it's one and a half, I'm gonna go under. But dude, I'm going two on that one, and he's still winning. Oh yeah, Stafford interception minus one twenty eight. Give me that. That's my lock. That's your lock? Yeah. <laughs> one interception? Yeah, it, it just yes or no for interception. Yes is minus 128. All right. It'll be, I don't know, J- Jamel Dean. Is he playing? Probably. I think Shaq Barrett or somebody. Or give me Winfield Jr. <laughs> All right, our next segment. Uh, what do we do with the Eagles, man? Let's just uh, we throw them out and start over. Um, All right, cool. Uh, next segment is the coaching series. So uh, Jonathan Gannon has been getting interviews left and right. Texans, Broncos, Vikings. Do you oh. think he gets a gig? Dude, are we missing something on this? <laughs> are we what? missing something on this? What's going on? What do they see that we don't? Is it is it John Harbaugh all over again? Special teams coach becomes no. I, I honestly think that teams are just desperate to find like the skinny white guy that looks like a nerd. That they think will be a genius. You have a black king in Brian Flores at the B enemy. If he wants to get a head coaching job, he's there. Go after those people. Jonathan so Gannon. The only oh, theory I have is Gannon. They see that he made this team. It wasn't him, and we see it wasn't him. But they see that this team got to the playoffs with what they have to work with, mm-hmm. and maybe they think they get, he got more out of the players than what the, what he should have. But I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't think he should get hired. I hope he does. So he can get out of here and they can hire Vic Fangio. But do you, do you think he gets one of these teams? Head coaching job? Mm. Yeah, I think Flores could end up with the Texans. He has a better shot at getting the Broncos. I think the Broncos should hire Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator from the Packers. And then they should draft a quarterback for Christ's sake or get a quarterback somehow. I would get him as an offensive coordinator. Well, but yeah, if, if Gannon's in DC that. right now and Broncos have a stout defense, especially with a young Patrick Sertain, dude, they can be pretty good. Problem is, I don't think that worked because they tried it with Fangio. I think they need an offensive-minded head coach and a defensive-minded defensive coordinator, of course. Ah, that's true. That's true. That's true. And firing Fangio cuts out their ability to 
you know, retain him as a defensive guy. I, their defense has not been the issue. It's been the fact their offense can never get going because they don't have a quarterback. I think they should hire an offensive-minded coach. The enemy would make sense there. I think that a lot of guys, Hackett would make sense. The um, the guy, I forget his name, but whoever the OC is for the Niners would make sense there. He's a little young. I forget his name, though. How about Kellen Moore? Ugh, little preppy boy. I, I think he should go to the Jags. How about um, Sirianni didn't really commit to Gannon as his defensive coordinator next year. Whether that means he thinks he's gone or he just doesn't want him, who knows? I don't think it's his decision. I think that speaks volumes, too. Yeah. Um, what did your boy uh, Howie say? I didn't actually hear a ton of what Howie had to say, but he did say that Jalen Hurts enters the offseason as the starter. Mm. But he also said last year not having Wentz would be not like not having one of his 10 fingers. So. He, I think he speaks out of both sides of his mouth. They're gonna. I think they make an upgraded quarterback. We'll we'll dive into the quarterback thing when the off season comes around. Uh, yeah. I think we're gonna need to do that in long form. And I think yesterday's reaction was more knee jerk than anything. But I, I mean, think we'll we'll dive into that head first. Uh, I want to hear your opinion on the surface, though. I mean, we had I put up a poll up on the Instagram because it was I think Barstool, especially. And by the way, you have a Barstool hoodie on. Shout out to Barstool. Yes, sir. Uh, Jalen Hurts, quarterback number one. How he says he's going to start a job next year or this year later on. I put thoughts, question mark, with a poll. And 92%, I think about 12, maybe 13 votes said, eh. Or, yeah. you know, or basically thumbs down. And then 8% were like, okay with it. So that speaks volumes. That uh, a good majority of our uh, listeners. I would agree. Are not too keen on Jalen Hurts. I think that's probably just fresh because of the playoff loss but he looked terrible out Brutal. there at games so yeah i don't know man like but let's talk about our free agents though our so we're gonna run down these names real quick we'll do maybe like a, a true stay or go in the offseason in long form but this will be like immediate reactions from you um i'm just gonna read names tell me if you think they should stay or go and then we'll, we'll, we'll probably change when we do the like a true offseason pod yeah, yeah for sure but um uh, straight away. So Jason Kelsey. Stay. Um, do you think he will? Yeah. Uh, Ronnie McLeod. Should he stay? Do you, would you like to have him back? Yes. Do you think he will be back? Yes. Um, I would agree with both of those. Anthony Harris. I have no idea who that is, but no. he's the, <laughs> <laughs> he's the, uh, the bookkeeper for how he's the, he was a safety this year. So I, I would welcome him back. I don't think he'll be back though. He was one of those veteran guys, like short one-year contracts, see what he can do for you. I would welcome him back. Um, Still I, need to draft would, a safety, though. I would I would sign him. I wouldn't just say, like, hey, you can come back. No, I would sign him and then, you know, drop the safety and see who wins out, wins it out. Yeah. Derek Barnett. No. Get him the fuck out of there. Both no. Um, I, I, as a rotational guy, I think he's fine, but I think he needs a change of scenery. He's going to go be a Lion next year yeah. or a Texan. Steven Nelson, cornerback. Played good ball for you this year. I was yeah. actually pretty – I was I'll, impressed I'll with how it. he played. I'll I would bring it. it back for one more year, but they still have to draft a corner or sign a real corner. Um, Hassan Ridgeway, the defensive tackle. Oh, I do like Ridgeway. Mm. Me too. I like him too. I do like the other guy. Um, was it Teron Jackson, I believe is his name? The um, the young defensive <sighs> line. I got to find the name. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. But there was a, a young guy, I believe. They, Milton Williams I like too. They're not exactly stacked on the D line. They need top end talent, but they do have depth guys, which is yeah, helpful. Teron Jackson. 
Yeah, I like Teron Jackson a lot. And I, uh, Malvo was pretty good too. Um, like O'Kerrigan, he can go too. I'll bring, I'll bring him back if the money's right. I like him. Uh, Jannard Avery. Uh, linebacker, uh, hybrid, defensive end type. Yeah, yeah. yeah too yeah. small to play DN, not fast enough to play linebacker. I don't, I don't think he's a scheme fit, so I would let him go. He's a 3-4 edge rusher. It depends on the DC who comes That's in. true. I think he's a 3-4 edge rusher. I don't think he's a 4-3 four, a four, down lineman. Uh, um, and then the restricted free agents, Boston Scott. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, with uh, uh, Alex Singleton. No. I'm cool I, with it. I'm cool with keeping him. Eh. I think he'll be back too. Um, Hines and Hines. Um, <laughs> Greg, Ward, dude. Greg Ward. Yes. I'll bring I, him back. I like him. I don't think he'll be back though. Um, no, no, no. You keep that king. You get rid of JJ or Sega White. I'll help you kick him out of the building. I'm, I'm fine with Ward as my punt returner. Um, yes. My my like fourth Better receiver. Don't say that name. Jason Croom, <laughs> like number three tight end. Who cares, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. Go. Yeah. Whatever. Draft the tight end. Nate Herbig. Herbig. What? Uh, Nate Herbig. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Rob is dying. <laughs> Rob is red. <laughs> It's probably frostbite. Yeah, right. Um, I, I would absolutely try to keep Herbig. He he's been good. I have no idea who that is. That <laughs> he's is he's wild, like the though. he's the Michelin man. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll keep him for that reason. Yeah, I like Herbig. Um, I like all the offensive linemen they have right now, except for right. Dillard. But I've been I've been definitely oh. I like Driscoll, I like Herbig, I like Dickerson. Um Sua Opeta stinks, but I like I love Mylotta. He might be like my favorite eagle aside from Brandon Graham. Dude. Oh, wait. We got news? Yeah. Julius Randle had 16 in the fourth quarter, and the Knicks came back from 24 down to win. All right, let me check that real quick for you. Um, And then real but... quick, we're going to do – there's not a ton of coaching carousel information, but the only question that we've been asking over and over is, do we think Rich Wasasha will be back? No, no, no. But wait, before we move on to oh. the coaching center, I remember I was at work. There was something, uh, Brendan Brooks. I think he could retire. Oh, there's a there's a chance he might retire. Yeah, so that's that's a big loss. Uh, he, he hasn't played in two years, so I mean, Brendan Brooks. Brooks hasn't. He didn't play this year. He barely played last year. I'm pretty sure. Really. And Dickerson played really well this year. Oh, he was lost in week two. You got to worry about um, yeah, you're right. You got to worry about um, Kelsey retiring because then you got to move Dickerson to center. There's a there's a center from Iowa that I really want. And I would take him in the in, with my third of the three first round picks. I'm gonna break the fourth wall, dude. I don't know how my ears are hurting. I gotta change my headphones. They this hurt. Sucks. I know. Give um, me a second. <laughs> so anybody out there listening in podcast land, Joel's fixing his microphone. I wear blue light glasses, and I also wear headphones over the ear because I don't like the earbuds. Ooh. I don't like the feeling of it. Joel okay. usually wears in the ear buds. And he seems fine with it. But when I wear these things over the glasses, by the time we get 45 to an hour in, it really hurts. Dude, my ears are woof. But I feel like I need my blue lights because I, I used to suffer from migraines pretty often. And I've been taking like my vitamin B2. I've been taking taking fewer Tylenol, a little bit more magnesium in my diet. And um, I wear blue lights anytime I'm on the computer or playing video games. And uh, actually recently I started wearing them a little bit more with TV. So 
I wear these when we podcast and it, it does hurt my ears a little bit, but I just kind of deal with it because I go to bed right after anyway. You just low call, you just low call, call me a pussy. No, I don't think you're a you pussy. Like, like, but you have oh, real well, glasses. I just deal with it. I just deal with it. I don't but you're wearing, you're also wearing real glasses. I'm wearing like, who knows if these are even real. <laughs> these are just like plexiglass in between some crappy frames from Amazon. They said they're blue lights, but they're really like a, a, a light blue tint. <laughs> They don't really yeah. do nothing for you. I'm a, a Mike McMahon on the sideline wearing my sunglasses. <laughs> or Jim McMahon. I'm Mike McMahon. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. my goodness. All right. Real quick, the coaching carousel. Um, yeah, Bisaccia, he could be out. I mean, that I would GM's going to come in. I would keep him. I would, too. I think he's on a lukewarm right. seat, uh, room temperature seat. Rob, GM right now. They signed you, GM for the Raiders. Do you keep him for a year? Do you keep him for the remainder of his contract? Like I gotta get restructured. I would assume he's not the head coach. But would you keep him for a year, year to year basis, or this is my coach? I I live and die with this coach right now. Um, well, if I'm, if I'm the in. new GM, then I I'm not joined at the hip with him. So if he gets fired, at least it's not my butt too. I give him a year, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you, I, I don't know what, who's going to be playing quarterback for me next year. I, if I'm the Raiders, I hope it's Carr. Well, um, you're the GM, you would hope. I keep him unless he wants out. Um, can I win with him? Who knows? Do I like him? Absolutely. But I, I would give Passage another year. The, the players want him there. Waller Same. and Carr both like vouched for him. That there's no, you can't, ex, there's no, there would be no excuse for letting him go because you can't say, oh, we lost the playoffs. You, you got around Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs. John Gruden, all this nonsense. Waller was out for a while. Carr took a huge step forward. Jacobs missed time. They they, uh, they have to realize Kenyon Drake missed time. They have to realize that this guy is in at least in part responsible for their turnaround. And not maybe not even turnaround, but just like staying on track. Because they were good when Gruden was there. And then they, we were worried, oh, this this is the downfall now. They're gonna fall apart. And they mm-hmm. didn't. They just kept going. And, and they played inspired football. And when the bright lights were on, week eighteen, he he just like Brandon Staley, coached a f- pretty damn good game. Granted, yeah. they gave up all these yards and all this other stuff in fourth downs. That's not good. Multiple yeah. fourth downs on the drive to tie the game. Not great, but that's not on coached, him though. That's on his DC. Yeah, but he coached a flawless game in a high pressure moment to get yeah, in the playoffs and never really batted an eye. Yeah, which is you know a lot of coaches don't. This is his first time being a head coach. I think it might be his only chance for now. I don't know if he's getting hired to be a uh, you know head coach someplace else. I keep him. I ride or die with him. The players love him. That would be a terrible look for the new GM if he came in and cleaned house and then hired some schmuck. Could you imagine if they Bill fired O'Brien. him? They yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Could you imagine if they moved on from him and they brought in Bill O'Brien or you know Matt Nagy, somebody that you know really doesn't have a track record of doing much aside from losing? And then a tone deaf. Uh... GM comes in like, yeah, we're going to make a move for uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, <laughs> like, nah. Now I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, Dude, fam. We've already seen what happens in <laughs> Vegas with these players. Him going to Vegas, he would get arrested. <laughs> He'd be next in line. I think you, you got to send him to, like, when the Jags go to London, he's got to get traded for Lawrence. Keep him away from the strip clubs because he, he would be hey, – one of my friends calls him Bill – all the time, and I never know what he's talking about, but he calls a bill for Bill Cosby. Oh, shit. And, <laughs> and that's gonna that's infiltrated my brain. I saw a tweet, by the way, on Sunday, and then we'll move on. 
somebody said I, I was a believer in Jalen Hurts, but the more I watch him, the less there, the more innocent I think Watson is. <laughs> it's all the same one. <laughs> That's so fucked up. It's messed up. I, I don't condone if any of the stuff about Watson is true. I don't condone it. Oh, it's just here. it's just a little peculiar to me that um all this came out and his girlfriend didn't dump him. Mm. And it all stopped. We haven't had an update in six months. Mm. I think he's nursing an injury he doesn't want people to know about. And this is kind of the uh, the way for him. One, cover it up. Two, not play for that BS team. Three, save his body. And four, when it's all... It, 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 I'm not suggesting this by any means, and this is kind of like off-the-cuff comment, but what happens if this all gets proven not real? People are going to be like, oh, this guy's actually a saint. Think of his image then. All these people came out and said this, and none of it was true. I mean, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Just keep quiet. Yeah. Let the shit go. Get the cryotherapy. Right. Um, so we don't have W's or L's, right? No, no W's or L's. Um, oh, real quick. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Josh I missed McCown. this. Yeah, Josh McCown, former Eagle. What are, you th- uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, he, he interviewed for head coach? Yeah. Oh, wow. So Josh two McCown, two years in a row, gets an interview to be the Texans head coach. I think he would make a great head coach somewhere. I think he would be better off being a... Uh, a QB coach, offensive coordinator, and then maybe ascending. But I think he's the type of guy who's got the personality that would be a good leader of men. Um, given how much he cared, this dude had no business caring as much as he did when he was here. When the Eagles played in the playoff game, and he came in and tore his hamstring up and then also almost led them to a, a competitive that game. That, that dude was on 100 teams. He came here, it was his first playoff appearance, and he was like the best teammate on that team. I think that he's a guy that you can certainly get behind. I don't know if it makes sense to put him with Houston because that's a nowhere. Like you're not going anywhere with that team. Check this out. Derek Carr gets traded or whatever to Indianapolis. Jim Mercer says, you know what? When's this ain't working out? Wentz gets all butthurt like BS. Kind of wants to trade. Makes it difficult. All right. Boom. Goes to Houston within the division, I believe, right? Yep. Can you imagine that? McCown. Is now his head coach. Here, buddy, let's pray together. What do you do with Bill Cosby at that point? Where did he get traded? The Giants? Oh, he's his his shit's still pending. I don't know. Uh, still pending. All right, that's not my business. That'd be interesting. I they like Davis Mills for some reason down there. So I, I at least they don't have to, they don't feel like they have to spend that yeah, second overall pick on the quarterback. Wentz falls right in their lap. That nobody wants him. Wentz, could you imagine the XFL Philly gets a team in the XFL and Wentz winds up being the quarterback? Dude, give me season tickets. Give me him and PJ Walker on the same team. Boss. Uh, no, I would legitimately get season tickets to an XFL Philly team. The Rock, Vince, baby. Vince, if you're listening. No, it's The Rock. Oh, uh, Dwayne, if you're listening, <laughs> we sell your crappy energy drinks at my store. Um, Yo, the relax. least you can the least you can do is put a, a football team in Philly. We were good. We were gonna get on the main street, the PA turnpike, and then you hear oh, bashing this man's energy drink. Well, it's about drive. True, 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 true. Uh, I think they're good quality. I think they taste like <laughs> really, the really. They taste like crap. Um, you were trying to find a good word for word, but there you go. Crap. I don't really know what to liken it to. I have a coworker that says he prefer he so they're called Zoa. The energy drinks from uh from Dwayne. Oh, that can already taste like olives. No shoddy, yeah, no shoddy ever tasted them. My my one coworker <laughs> said, my one coworker said I really like them because they taste like beer. 
Dude, they have the worst aftertaste I think I've ever had in, in, in anything. And I've had I've had like bottle caps at Jesus and Christ. like B vitamins and stuff. So I mean, whatever. Take it with a grain of salt. It probably tastes better with a grain of salt. Um, <laughs> it comes right. with it. Yeah, it should. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we don't have any W's or L's this week no, or this time around. Um, however, we do have a returning top five list. Right, well, top ten list. It's two top fives built into one. Yeah. Um, this was jokingly put onto our Google Doc lo- a long time ago because I didn't realize Joel watched the show. But we're going to rank our top 10 Friends characters. Dude, big fan of Friends right here. I think... Here, here's so, one. Best line. Best line? Yeah. Um, it's not a line. It's when Ross does this thing with his hands. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I think one of my favorite lines in the entire show, and I don't mean to get graphic because I don't mean for it to be a crude thing, but when they're discussing what breast milk tastes like, Oh, and, uh, and Susan explains what the breast milk tastes like that belongs to Carol. Uh-huh. And Ross goes, Wait, how do you know? Never mind. <laughs> and then this, I, it took me until the second or third time I saw that episode to understand exactly what they were insinuating. Oh, Jesus. So, um, uh, what do you think? Mine says, Pivot. Uh, pivot. pivot. Yeah. If you have ever moved any furniture, you know exactly what that means. That is so. That was the most relatable thing. Yeah. Oh, and the episode where uh, you get a new car, and then you tr- you're in this tight parking space, <laughs> you don't know how to back yeah. out of it. So you have a well, friend be like, "Hey, spot me." <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite moments in that show, and we're gonna get to. No, actually, no, I don't want to explain the the scene yet because I think we have one of the characters in our top. Okay. So there's only six characters that are primary characters, and you got four or five secondary characters, and a couple like random people that popped in Dude. so do you want to do 10 10 9 9 etc 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 yeah all right do you have any honorables 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 yes, yes. And I'm right, I, have, I... I have one oh, you want to go first uh sure so my number 11 one two three <laughs> so my number 11 is janice ah oh, dude that's such a low number i don't like her character <laughs> Oh my god. That's the best part. Yeah, she she is a great character. The laugh alone. Oh. The 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 scene where Chandler tries to break up with her, but he can't. <laughs> and he's like 15 espressos in. He's like, Janice, 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 Janice. It is absolutely hysterical. I might go watch Friends after this. We gotta do a Friends episode in the summer. That in a WWE attitude. Yeah, we, era. we're gonna do Attitude Era. We're gonna do video game reviews. We're gonna do Mike and the Mad Dog documentary review. Francesca. <laughs> Clifford the Big Red Dog. We're going to do a movie review. We're going to do a barbecue breakdown. We should do a book. Redacted. We should just do a, a book review. You know what we should do? I cracked should, myself up. We should do a book I'm review. I'm so corny. I'm out of here. <laughs> barbecue review with Redacted. Yeah, invite them on. It'll never come on. Joel's currently dying. I'm back. So a horse walks into a bar. Bartender goes, hey, why the long face? <laughs> All right, Joel, who's your honorable mention? Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the attractive twin. The evil twin. The better half. That you is know, my... Like, er- like, you know, we have the good curry. <laughs> that was the good Phoebe. <laughs> yeah, that was a good buffet. Or buffet, whatever her last name is. Buffet. Buffet. Dude, I watched him when I was young. I was like... Dude, they have a twin? 
Well, wasn't there a movie that Lindsay Lohan played two twins and she was the only person playing yeah. each of the twins? Uh, Parent Trap? I think it was the Parent Trap, yeah. Pretty cr- I thought that was two different people also. Same. I'm like, <sighs> the Olsen twins could never. And then I thought, the, and then here's the thing. I thought the Olsen twins were one person. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm like, how do they do that? CGI? My ears just tapped out. I took off the glasses. Oh, say so um, the Olsen twins when they did Full House. I'm like, how do they do that? I, I always tried to CGI. figure out who which one was playing, and I couldn't do it. All right, um, they both look it, like decrepit fools. Yeah, they look like ridiculous. They were the only ones that weren't in the reboot, and they even made a joke. They knocked down the fourth wall and said, oh, well, Michelle couldn't be here, and they all looked at the camera. <laughs> um, is that your only honorable? Yeah. I'm, that's good, because I can't say the word. Um, <laughs> honorable do you want me to lead off with my 10 or you want to I'll go, I'll go. okay my number one is going to surprise you my number 10 is going to surprise you is it going to be one of the core characters yeah <laughs> I'm going to guess it in my head and I'll let you know if I was correct Ross I was correct <laughs> dude he was so frustrating all the entire series you know who he reminds me of we were on a break I'm like stand down my guy he reminds me of somebody we know. Redacted. Um, yeah, Ross was definitely yes. a pain in the nuts the entire series. I liked him, though. I empathized with him to an oh, yeah, extent. Sure. The first se- first couple seasons, I did empathize with him. He's like one of my least favorite of the core characters, but I thought his role in the series played played larger than the, the person I have ranked below him. I'll explain in a moment. But okay, yeah. So Ross is Ross Geller, number ten for me. My ten is going to be Gunther. Oh. I fucking hated that guy, <laughs> <laughs> but he was great at his own character. He was phenomenal at what he did, and for that I do applaud him. Also, rest in peace to the gentleman that played him. Yes. Rest in peace. Um, and honestly, he he did a great job playing that character, dude. Oh, where he was, was like phenomenal. spiteful toward Ross the entire time and um stalkerish to Rachel. Loved Rachel. Did Rachel know that he like he liked her? Was he was she oblivious to it? I think oh oblivious for sure. I think that towards, makes it even better. That makes think, it better. I'm gonna bump I would bump him up, but I love my nine so much. Well, Gunther's my number nine, so let's <laughs> okay. go to yours. <laughs> my number nine is Russ. Um from the Ooh. episode where Rachel started dating a guy that looked exactly like Ross when they broke up. I don't remember. Oh my god, look it up. Ross played the so uh David Ross? Schwimmer played the guy. His name is Russ. And Ross was like, I don't love that guy. He's so boring. <laughs> it was right after they broke up for the first time, and Rachel was kind of on the rebound, and she found Russ and she started dating Russ. And they were just like, dude, he is you. And oh Ross was completely god. oblivious to it. He's my favorite one-off character. Hey, yo. He's my favorite one-off. It says relatives, Ross Geller, doppelganger. <laughs> At one point, he walks into the room and someone goes, oh, hey, Ross. I, Ross. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's one of my, that's the only one-off character that popped into my brain. I actually didn't know Brad Pitt played a character on the show until we were looking at the uh, the cast prior to the episode tonight. I just saw the scene where Chandler walks in. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> His comedic timing is phenomenal, Chandler. I love Chandler. Me too. Love Chandler. Same. Let's not spoil. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number eight. Eight. One Monica Geller. Okay. 
No, I th- I do appreciate her. Oh, I, I respect her too. I, I love her character. I also love that. Um, I love her so, arc. Yeah, me too. So we saw a scream the other day, and and whenever we go and see these movies, and we get you know kind of caught back up in the in the series. Yeah, we look into some of the information about the original movies, like the original Halloween when the remake came out or whatever, or like the reboot came out. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, Courtney Cox, who plays Monica, was she approached the uh, Wes Craven and them who did Scream, mm-hmm. and was like persistent that she wanted to play this kind of like B char- like bitch character, uh-huh. but her squeaky clean image from uh, Friends uh-huh. was making them not want her. So I think she's an incredible actress, oh, yeah, um, and sure. she did a great job. Um, shout out Gail Weathers. Um, uh, you have any other comments on her? She was uh, fuck, the longest yard. Yeah, she was in the beginning. I Sorry. own you, and yeah. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> She's a. I love. I love Courtney. Cox. I love her. Um, she dated some prominent actors and people on our list. I'm sure we have one or two of them on our list. Um, the story with Chandler, how they. Started hooking up in Europe, I believe. Oh yeah, and their arc was incredible. Yeah, that, arc that personally too becoming I think, a chef. I have a feeling that they did that to save the show, having those two become a thing because it was like the Ross and Rachel show for the longest time, mm-hmm. and then they kind of were the glue that kept it all together. Yeah. Um, number eight for me is probably in your top five. I have Monica's father, Jack. You are one thousand percent correct. <laughs> I love him. Um, Geller's timing. It's I'm gonna beautiful. When, when you say it later, I'm gonna share one of my favorite scenes. Um. So you're number what seven? Jack Geller, dude. There's so many good scenes. I can't think of them right now. Which is fucking yeah. Crazy. I can think of well, very few, but just one that I know off the top of my head. You'll remind them more for me. Like I can't think of them, but like. His timing when he looks at the camera, he's hilarious. And his wife is just oblivious to anything, and he's oblivious to when he says some things. Yeah, I love him. Uh, that was what your number eight. Uh, yes. All right. So my number seven is Pete. Pete. Uh, he dated Monica for a little bit. John Favreau is the. the uh, actor. Right, 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 right. He was the chef, I believe, or something in that culinary world like the line cook or whatever yeah and then he said started dating monica and wasn't he rich he was rich he was rich yeah and then he said you know what i'm gonna invest and follow my passion i'm gonna be an (laughs) mma fighter and i was like what and that was at the time where i was getting into mma so i was like whoa mma is hitting friends this is cool yeah right and then he hits tank abbott So if you if you know who Tank Abbott is, that is a, a man's man. That's a savage. And this guy got creamed all over. Pause. Yeah, he got his butt kicked. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I meant. And then he really was no longer a recurring character. Yeah, he was basically on death's door by the end of that episode. Yeah. But uh, Pete was pretty good. He was a nice, like, brevity. And it was a nice balance for Monica. It was pretty cool. I thought it was a good, yeah, definitely added some, and I a lot of, like, some layers to her character. He's he was a, a good actor. actor. Yeah, I liked him too. Have you seen Chef? I'm sorry. Have you seen the movie Chef? No, dude. It's... Go out, go out and watch it with your girl. It's okay. a pretty good movie. Yeah, we'll go. We'll uh, take a look at it. He does food shopping, not food shopping, food truck. He's a food truck. Sofia Vergara's there. Uh damn, I forgot the guy's name. You ever seen Entourage? I have. I don't know the names of the actors. I don't know. The, I don't know anything else. Well, he's in it. Well, it's a good movie. 
Just watch. I, I'll take your word. Um, seven for me is Phoebe. Dude, she's not on my list. Phoebe's, yeah. So I liked her, but the, the reason I had her below, so Ross is ahead of her, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, is because I don't know if her character and story arc lended itself as much to the overall like substance of the show the same way Ross did. She was the friend that kept the friend group together, I think, in a, in a sense. For sure. Um, which will kind of bookend my list when I get to my highest rated core character. But, um, and, and I loved her character. While she came off annoying at times, I loved her quirkiness because none of the other characters were all that quirky. Monica obviously was like OCD. Chandler was like damaged from a childhood. <laughs> and Joey was kind of oblivious and Ross was kind of a weirdo. And Rachel was kind of just like the rich girl that was like, like given a reality check. Phoebe's quirkiness like complemented the rest of the crew so well. So I really appreciate what she, what her character brought to the show. However, um, she wasn't my favorite of the core. Dude, she, be, she was a surrogate. <laughs> she did a lot. Yeah. <laughs> she was there. Um, oh, her brother. I forgot. Yeah. Brother. Runs it. I forgot about him. Somebody, I have to. Oh, he was this. in love with the chick that played um, uh, what's his name's uh, uh, Eric Foreman's mom on that '70s show. Yes, yes, perfect. That's exactly what. I was yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Great show. We should do top five characters in that show as well. <clears throat> oh, dude, Kelso to the moon. <laughs> to the moon. Mister Kelso is number one for me. <laughs> uh, all right, where are we? Number six. I'm sorry, Donna's dad is number one for me, not Mr. Kelso. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I wait. love that. Well, Red. No, but, Red is number one. Yeah. We'll, do that. we'll yeah. do that in the future. We'll do South Park characters. We'll do that 70s <laughs> show. We'll do uh, everything. All right. <clears throat> we'll do our top three two and a half man characters. Yo. <laughs> or top four, I guess, because uh, the lady. <laughs> um, Where are we, six? Yeah. Uh, number six is Rachel Green. Okay. She's hot. It is what it is. <laughs> she was hot. She was hot. Season one, uh-huh. she peaked. She was she was the Tyreek Evans of that of um, that show of uh, Friends. She peaked as a rookie, and then it was all downhill from there. Now, but all jokes aside, uh, Rachel Green was pretty good. It was a good character. Like her arc from season one to to the end, she found herself like money was materialistic, and then got the kid, the family settled down. Yeah, became a grown up. The whole art, the whole storyline with her, her and Joey was. I I, I I despised that. I was rooting for Joey, but then I just it felt wrong. No, it felt wrong. It felt so wrong. That I was bothered like, me. Go Joey, see relationship. It, 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 it kind of coincided I, with Chandler and Monica, so I feel like they were trying to find something for those two. I was I hated that from the second it was even I think teased. They were, I think they at that point they were trying to save the show at that point. Like, all right, let's just throw these two together, see what we got. I think it's natural when you have a bunch of friends that know each other for many years and live next, next to each other. Yeah. Some feelings get in there. But that, yeah, that, that's so weird. That's very, it's relatable though. But she, just like Monica and like most of the characters, dated some prominent actors. Yeah. Um, and as you said, Russ is probably the top prominent actor there. Yeah. She's dated. So, uh, Rachel Green for me. Fair. Number six. Um, jo- uh, oh, shit. No, not him. Uh, Ross <laughs> is my next one. Ah. Um, Look at that. We, we already talked about him, right? Yeah, my number Re- 10. Redacted, materialized. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed him. I felt bad for him at times. He was awkward, but he was like the one that I think had a bigger heart than he showed. Yeah. And I think his character was very, very important. 
Um, he was like the, he was a lovable loser in the early going. Was he the oldest of the crew? Yeah, I think he, he was. was. The older, he was the older brother. Yeah, yeah he, was the he was like the one that you felt the, the worst for early on. He was the only one that didn't like live in the complex. Well, yeah. Phoebe didn't either, but the other four lived across from one another. So they, he was kind of removed from it. Um, I he loved his anger father. issues. Yeah. His anger issues. I loved his anger issues when he would freak out. <laughs> he was like, what are you doing to my sister? And then <laughs> he like looks like he's going to kill them. And then he goes, I'm so happy. Like, fantastic. He was, he, he played the part really well. It's, it's sad to find out that, uh, David Schwimmer, is it Michael Schwimmer or David Schwimmer? One of David. them is a Phillies pitcher. The other one's the guy that played Ross. No, it's David uh, Schwimmer. When he, it, it was kind of upsetting to find out he didn't want to do anything in the reboot. So, whatever. Uh, I mean, kill him off. <laughs> a fun little weird trivia thing. He was, so in the movies, Scream. Yeah. The series, in the movies themselves, they, there is a movie series that exists in the Scream universe called Stab, which is depicting what happened in the actual screen movies but as a documentary almost or like yeah. a play on what happened there mm-hmm. and uh schwimmer plays one of the actors in um in the fake movie it's no like way. him yeah it's like him oh uh luke wilson and like some other people um so it's hard <laughs> to explain that but yeah all right we're, we're, we're in the top five now here we go top the meat five. and potatoes if you will <laughs> all right uh number five for me <clears throat> jesus Number five is Joey Tribbiani. Same. Ah, perfect. Huge fan. Joey's the best. Hungry, pizza, banged many women, can't act for shit. <laughs> How ironic is that? He's an actor <laughs> in the show. So I never really loved the whole I'm hungry thing because he never struck me as like the hungry. He needed to be fatter in order for him to be the hungry guy all the time. Like a, like Like the fat guy. Yeah, in the, in the movie, like uh, what would you call it, Jonah Hill. Yeah, he was it's, it, typecast for a while. Was was he more likable than Chandler? <sighs> for the fans, not necessarily the other characters. No. Joey, Joey might be one of my. I love Joey. Yeah, that's the one that like you empathize as well. Yeah, when he didn't get like the gig or whatever, but he was like real too. He's like, I don't know. He, he played. Um, he was a, he was a stunt, but. <laughs> yeah. You remember when his um his grandmother came to watch him, and she didn't understand English. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that was fantastic. Oh my god, <laughs> they killed him off in the show. Yeah, so you have somebody in your top five that I don't, and then I have somebody in my top five that you don't, and I'm really excited to hear your reaction to my guy, and I'm very excited to see where you have my guy, the other guy. Wait, what was that? So there's somebody in your top five that is lower on my list. And then there's somebody in my top five that's probably oh. not on yours. <laughs> and I'm really excited to see your reaction to mine. And I'm really excited to see where you have the person I'm thinking of that's on your list. <laughs> so we're at four. We're at four. All right. Four. We already talked about it. Janice. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude. She was probably one of the better recurring characters. Yes. When you, you have the camera facing the crew on the couch and you hear that laugh off camera, you automatically know shit's about to hit the fan. And Chandler's reactions is great. It was like PTSD. Yeah. I loved it. Janice is great. So when you had it that low, I was like, oh, that's way low for me. I was surprised how low you had my number four, Rachel. Mm. Originally, I I had her at four. I did have her at four. I think four is appropriate for her. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't really have much else to say. 
but uh, she she played a very pivotal role in the show. You as like the that. friend of one character who also dated another character who was related. There's a lot of giant spider web with everybody being kind of interconnected in some way. Then she was roommates with Joey. Then she was love interest of Joey. Then they realized it was wrong. Then she got back with Ross, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then she was also with Phoebe, pregnant Phoebe. And she said, F it, I'm going to go to Europe. Yeah. Crash a wedding. <laughs> Ballsy on her. Yeah. Uh, oh, honorable mention, the father of the bride that um Emily? yeah the da- emily's dad was hilarious i don't remember because he got into an argument with ross's dad oh about the price yeah <laughs> yeah that was one of the be- that was really funny that that dude played a really good role i have no idea who that guy is but he Steph- Stephen walton walton oh, good for him <laughs> he-, he was good that was a great that was a nice but little dynamic name. um funniest moment in the show is when ross said rachel's name at the wedding <laughs> funniest dude I, my jaw dropped and then obviously you have the <laughs> the crowd that's watching where that Rachel was like should i go up there <laughs> yeah that was pretty funny Fun- uh, dude that was more that was probably the most shocking thing i've heard on the show like no i appreciate th- I, the awkwardness i was like this motherfucker <laughs> that's literally what i said like, and all i heard my dad is like hey because <laughs> i was like invested and all i hear is this man said Rachel, I'm like, jaw dropped and say, this motherfucker. <laughs> and my dad comes in, what happened? What you watch your mouth? I was like, I'm, dude, you're not going to, I can't explain this. <laughs> it was gold, though. Yeah, you'll have to sit down. Yeah, you have to watch the entire series to understand. Yeah, at this going. point, you're pretty, yeah, you kind of have to. All right, um, we're in, we're in elite company now, the top three, the top 30%. All right, here's your answer. Number three, you know where I'm going with this. Lay it on me. <laughs> Richard, my guy, is number three. Tom Selleck, I believe. Tom Selleck. The, the stash, baby. The, the goat. Actually, Tom Selleck is number three. Number two is the stash alone. <laughs> what a powerful muscle. And when he shaved, I was like, what happened? But what an still amazing was, voice. Oh, dude. One what of the a best. perfect act. I love him. Friend of the show. He was in um, He was in a movie, I think it was Mr. Big League or something. Where he um he was a washed up major league baseball player and he went to Japan. Yeah, it was a really cheap, crappy movie, but I loved it because he was in it. <laughs> I mean, there's not there's nothing else. If you watch Friends and he's not in your top ten, you didn't really watch the show. Yeah, I agree. This is very you. Uh, his storyline with Monica, dude, up fantastic. Down. I, it sucks that toward the end of his his run, he was like kind of like the one that was blocking Chandler from and I do enjoy the fact that um he finished as a good guy. Yeah. He was a guy, you know what? Go do it. Like, I loved him. He's great. Did you have him in your three? Or uh he's not number three. Oh, all right, perfect. <laughs> number three for me is Monica. Wow. I appreciate her uh, a million percent. I thought she was also extremely vital any of the episodes that didn't really involve her heavily, I felt like there was always something missing. Mm-hmm. She definitely brought out the best in everybody as well. I so, don't see the kick in though. She was great. Yeah. She was great because you can relate to that. Drunk everybody, Monica? Everybody knows somebody that's like that. Yeah. Drunk Monica. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Monica was pretty good. Um, Even when her come up, also when she was like a fat girl, and then they brought that yeah, story Yeah, that was in. pretty funny. <laughs> it was cold. 
Oh, speaking of Fat Monica, the scene where Ross was ready to go to prom with yes, um, yeah, that broke my heart. That that's what I was yeah. saying. Like with Ross, it was very empathetic. Like yeah, that first season was like gun wrenching. I was like, it Damn. was getting people to be invested in him. Mm-hmm. And then when Rachel saw the video and kissed him, I was like, let's fucking go, my man's. But then he uh, eventually fumbled the bag a little bit yeah. along the way because he was on a break. Apparently, they were on a break. Yeah, they were on a break. And he pivot. He likes to number pivot. two. Now th- I know what your top two is. You have no idea. I, I don't know. Oh, you know. When, I don't know when what order they'll be. Yeah. I know who they are, so I'm interested to see if we have the same two or different twos. Uh, all right. Well, we don't have the same two because. Oh, because I already said this guy. <laughs> no, because so, my guy is... is already on the top five. Okay. <clears throat> Well, Selig. Selig is not in my top two. I know he's in yours. He has well, to no, be. I, I, I'm trying to figure out who your number two is. Like, uh, your number two is. One Jack Geller. I, I love Jack Geller. He was, anytime, the same <laughs> he's, so, act, he's the, amazing. The same thing you said about Monica when she's in the scene and not in the scene, it's a difference. When, when he, he's there, yeah. When he's there, you know he's going to say something flagrant and it's going to be off color. It's going to be he's beautiful. He's fantastic. His timing, his laugh. The scene, like you, you said, with uh, the wedding in Europe with uh, Emily's dad, <laughs> talking about pride. This oh is outrageous. God. The the funniest, so two of the funniest things that I think I remember from the the show involve him. One of them is his wife when they came over and Monica made uh, spaghetti or whatever, and she goes, "Oh, that's easy." Oh, <laughs> and then well, when they were there for Thanksgiving, and um, whoever made the dessert made it awful. I think it was Rachel made the decision. Yeah, it was Rachel. Nobody wanted to tell her, and everybody was like, "I've got to, I've got to go take a phone call." And, and Joey's like, the only one that ate it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Joey was. I don't know. I think it's great. <laughs> I forget what it was that she did wrong, but I think pecan um, pie, pumpkin pie. I don't know what it was. Something, it was something weird, but um, he was like, "Yeah, I, I got to go do the, <laughs> that whole scene where they were just pretending to think it was good." <laughs> was so funny. Um, Let me see. Uh, what was it? Oh, it was a trifle? Yeah, she tried to make a trifle, including a layer of beef. Oh, that's right. She put beef in the in the cake or whatever. And Joey thought it was like phenomenal. He's like, there's my finger. I got I got cake and I got beef. Gold. That's classic. That's right, a classic so I, one. I know who your number number one is, and you know who my number one is. So my number two is Chandler. Yes. And um Chandler's Chan- my number Chandler one. was the glue that held the show together. Dude. It wouldn't be the same if he weren't involved. It, it's weird because his body went through the most transformation throughout the, the course of the sure. show. He yeah. looked like normal. Then he was a druggie. Then he was like not a druggie. Then he's like normal. He's got a beard. It looked weird. Then age but, when he got a little bit of a gut. Absolutely. Matthew face, Perry. You could tell he was a smoker. Oh, yeah. Heavy. Uh, yeah. Not enough said. Not enough could be said about uh, Matthew yeah. Perry's character. He was the glue. Dude, comedic timing, comedic relief, everything. Could you be any more annoying? Like everything was, he's class. Uh, when uh, when Joey was making fun of Chandler, he goes, "Could I be wearing any more clothes?" <laughs> wearing his clothes too, Joey. Yeah. they they're not even was beautiful. The Perfect. duck, everything. The duck and the chicken. <laughs> yes, like every, oh my god, like it was Chandler Bing, the the last name when his boss was Bing, slapped him in the ass. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's his right. dad, his dad is a 
I guess. Uh, like a, trans like a drag queen or whatever. Drag queen, that's what it is. My fault. Sorry. <laughs> no offense. Let's not get canceled. I'm, uh, drag I'm offended. Queen. And then if they made it the this wedding. far, they're not going to get offended. Trust me. Remember the wedding? Yeah. <laughs> the drag queen comes in and the mom was like, oh, oh, your dad. <laughs> it was gold. Chandler Bing is class. Chandler Bong. <laughs> He's a transponster. And let's go. Number one. We've Richard. already mentioned Richard. Tom my, Selleck, My baby. favorite character on the show. I, anytime somebody asks me about friends, ask me about Tom Selleck, Richard is my favorite character on that show. I, I can't, I think it's more the person who played him because I don't really remember a ton about what he did. I just know Tom Selleck is like the goat. And I absolutely, <laughs> I adore that dude. All class, incredible speaker. He was like the classy older guy. Everybody loved him. I love Richard. Richard, Richard, Richard. It's my favorite character on the show. Uh, honorable man. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Gary, uh, Mike Rappaport's character. Yeah. Phoebe. He shot the bird. That was pretty cool. Uh, was Mike, who was Paul Rudd. Yes, Paul Rudd was in it. Um, Phoebe's brother. Uh, the fucking, the young guy who dated Rachel for a while, and he rode a scooter on the Christmas episode, or her birthday, her 30th birthday. Remember? I don't remember that. <sighs> Dude, it was like a long-haired kid. He was young. He was like so out of touch. Like they're all older, mm-hmm. and he was like twenty-one, and he was riding jo- uh, scooter. And then Joey's <laughs> chasing him, like it's my turn oh, down the God. hall. It was, it was epic. He was um, nice. He was cool. Um, the, the thing with Richard was when uh, Chandler and Joey hung out with him, and they were like, and Monica was under the impression that like he was like their friend. He's like, he's just like our dad. Uh, <laughs> I can't get enough of Chandler Bing or uh, Tom Selleck. It's fine. I haven't watched the show in so long. Catch like an episode here and there, but haven't watched the show episodically in like four years. But loved it. I got to find out where it is. Uh, It was on Netflix. I I was just talking to you about this before the show. I was watching it during the Eagles run, basically. It's on HBO. uh, That that, that winter, the Eagles were so good. The uh, the 27th magical year. I I watched... um, we got into friends and then we were watching that throughout the, uh, the run. We actually watched it on the day of the parade. Yeah. <laughs> Came home and put it on after the parade was done. <laughs> what a way to celebrate. Great show. The good thing about a show like that is if you're into it, I know a lot of people hate it, but if you're into it and you're watching it at way after it's ended, you don't have to wait for the next season to begin. Yeah. You just go right through. Like when we were watching Grey's Anatomy, you had to wait four months for the next season to start. I stopped This one, that. you, it leaves you with a cliffhanger. Lucky you, you can just go right into the next episode, first episode of the following season, and boom, cliffhanger is fixed. Oh, that's a four months of death right there. Yeah, screw that. We got out of grades because it was just, they didn't know. They, the story arcs were terrible. They just trash. <laughs> All right, this was a, a fun list. A rather Oops. obscure idea. We came up with it on the fly. I mean, we came up with it a while back, but it was, you usually pick the top five. And I'm always excited to see what you picked. And I was excited about this one. And the audacity that you didn't think I watched it. I didn't know you watched Friends. I I don't know. Did you watch it while it was on or did you watch it like after the fact? Uh, both. Because oh, like my between... parents watched it. I think my mom watched it while it was on. Uh, I, would watch I remember it asking her. I asked her. I was like, what happens with, with the end? She was like, I can't tell you. <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, and I definitely didn't look it up. That was one thing I, I stayed very, very strict with. I did not look up spoilers. We watched it together. It was an amazing run. I enjoyed all the all watching it. 
it got a little muggy in the middle, but then it got great toward the end. Oh yeah, for sure. There's it, it, any series that is that yeah, long. Oh, it has a murky yeah. middle to it, yeah, and then it comes right sure. back up. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's for me, expected. it was just like on TV, and I would just see it on passing, but I would never follow it. I never followed it yeah. in the beginning until it was on Netflix, and then I was like, you know what? Let me watch it in its entirety. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, this makes sense. But then I was confused. Cause I'm like, well, I know what happens because I watched it like several seasons ahead. Yeah. But I'm in season one. I'm like. Oh damn! This is how they looked. And yeah, they never changed over the seasons. I, I never watched it when it was on because at the time that it was finishing up was when I was into like sports and wrestling and stuff like '04. Yeah, and so I was never really into it. And then I always kind of heard like, "Oh, it's a cheesy show." Never got into it. And then we were one day just looking for a show to watch because we were kind of getting out of. Um, we were watching. Uh, we watched Riverdale for a little bit. We watched Thirteen Reasons for a little bit. We watched. Um, uh gilmore girls for a little bit i kind of get conned into that well that wasn't a bad show we watched uh grace for a bit and we were like let's find a different show that's already on netflix i suggested uh that 70 show she suggested and then she said friends so we compromised and did what she wanted uh, which is usually how relationships work and um and uh we watched it in its entirety and i got into it by the way that to touch on the relationships thing fireman joe the other night text me um i wanted pizza Girlfriend wanted Chinese, so we're no what? compromising. We're getting Chinese. He gets it. <laughs> he gets it. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of how you have two different opinions, and you just go with what the girl wants. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's how he started watching the show. Ah, oh, it's pretty cool. I mean, compromised. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I probably enjoyed it more than if we want, if I rewatched that '70s show because I watched it every day growing up. Ah, then yeah. So. And Friends was it's new, a great so. show. Yeah, Friends was different, and it was interesting. And it, it was interesting. It was an interesting time capsule of the time as well. Late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, it's Definitely good stuff. No idea who wrote or directed it, but it did a very good job, and I enjoyed it. And then as you get older, you kind of relate to how they were. But look, we all know, looking back at it now, these guys lived in a giant apartment building in New York City for practically peanuts. Yeah. Oof. They were living good. Nowadays, that same amount is like a studio. $6,000 rent. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, it's also interesting that the apartments were right across one another and looked nothing the same. Yeah. Like not even was... remotely the same layout. Like when we we uh, we toured an apartment about a year and a half ago, and two years ago, I guess, and or a year and a half ago, and it looks the exact same. The pictures online were the exact same as the room. Even all the houses in the area I live in look the exact same. I have a coworker that moved a blog away from me about a year and a half before I moved. And then she had a friend from high school that lives around the corner. The houses, I swear to God, look the exact same on the inside. <laughs> I even really? posted, when I posted my uh, my Facebook thing for Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, my old baseball coach commented, I know you live in Parkwood just based on the pictures here. And I was like, oh, interesting. Oh, geez. Joel, I'm serious. It's almost like some of the condos down the shore, maybe not where you are, but some of the condos down the shore all look the same inside. All the houses here look the same. They had an apartment that looked nothing alike from the one right across from it. Jesus. So. <laughs> oh, shit. So. Ah! Oh, my goodness. I'm watching this game. Maybe next week we'll do a top five characters from a different show. I like this concept. We just have to find more shows that we watched. Now, I was going to say before we did the list that um, where you had Richard and where I had Richard was going to determine our, um, our like bond. And I, I was pleasantly surprised to find out you had him in your top two as well, or top three. 
Yeah, he was okay. Anything lower than three is a disservice to God. <laughs> I had Rachel at four, too, and I was like, eh. Meh. I think we were pretty in line with one another. I think everybody has Chandler top three. If you don't, I mean, yeah, you probably don't have a heart. I agree. Or you don't like comedy. You don't like laughing. You hate laughing. Hate life. Hate life, man. All right, so we will talk to the people barring any emergency episodes. Um, what, Wednesday next week? Sounds about right. Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll figure it out. And then we'll probably do the uh, second episode on either Thursday or Friday. Um, and then I don't know what we're going to do going forward, if we're still going to do the two episodes or we're just going to do one because it was tough to fit all the picks and the review all together. But now there's one-third of the teams playing. So yeah, right. we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll do a little bit less sports. We definitely have to do with less sports eventually, but less football for sure. But we'll figure it all out as we go forward. Um, I mean, keep the listeners engaged. Maybe have guests on. Yeah, get some guests on. And uh, who else? What else? Ah, uh, and we could probably, probably, if if the stars align, probably do an in person pod. True. The first of its kind. Yeah, with no one's ever done it before. No one's ever done it. Before. We will. We will do it eventually. And first, one got the bit by COVID, and uh, the the genesis of the podcast came about because we we almost suffocated to death. <laughs> but it's potentially gonna. We we'll we'll make it work at some point. Oh, last one. One last thing before we close the show. Yes. What's the status? Are we seeing Joel Embiid in person tomorrow? And if you're listening to those people today. 50 50. I'm a betting man. I'll I'm check in the morning. I'll put some money on that one. We'll determine what we want to do. It's okay. If you don't want to hang out, it's all good. I, it's cool. It's cool. I got to look at tickets to make sure they're not crazy like, expensive. I, like, I enjoy watching Hazel from afar. <laughs> You got to see boys. You got to you got to bring in the dog. That's where, so that's where you get them. So there's a fifty percent chance the Turnpot hosts will be attending a Sixers game together. So oh, we will. Uh, and we if you will... see us out there in the Sixers game at the Wells Fargo, come and say hi. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take pictures. Yeah. <laughs> we'll prove we're actually we have fans. <laughs> All right. Hey, smile with me. See, fan. <laughs> What's your name? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, don't, don't add me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> What do you mean, a fan of what? No, you, 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 you wouldn't like it. Put your arm around me and then point and then smile. Like, can't believe this guy's here. Do one of those. <laughs> can't believe this guy. <laughs> Who is you? Yeah. Sorry, don't hold the glizzy in the picture. So there's a, make fun of me. <laughs> just say Bing Bong or something. <laughs> oh, dude, Bing Bong is great. So we will catch you next Wednesday, possibly, um, or Thursday, whatever day it is, and we will. Continue being right about football. Yeah, right. Until Uh, next time. And be for MVP.